0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly video game podcast releasing every Thursday. I am your host, Alex Stadnik. As always, I'm honored to be joined by the illustrious Alex Van Aiken. Hello, sir.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me, Alex. Glad to be here. Haven't podcasted in a minute, so. Yeah, we've, almost <laughs> like like we've be got back. some
0: sleep uh, for once. It also feels weird. I can't like reach out to my right and like touch your beautiful face. It makes Aww. me sad
2: that was all you, guys, that you guys live down the hall from each other <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: potato tomato marcus uh join us each episode alongside a rotating crew of gi editors and special guests from around the industry bringing the latest news reviews and big man swag your eyes and ears can handle this week i'm going fast because we have a lot to cover we're going to be talking about uh our experience at sgf we're going to be talking about, we're actually playing video games now, which is fantastic. We have really great games to talk about. We're going to talk about our Xbox reactions, uh, our Capcom reactions. We you know the emails. And one sad thing, happy thing, but very sad thing. And that is the departure of one Kim K-Star Wallace. Uh, I spoiled who else is on the episode. But first, let's introduce the crew. K-Star, hello, how are you?
3: Hi, hi, wow. This feels weird that this is going to be my last one with you guys, but uh, let's make it count.
0: Yeah, let's Let's do it. Let's go. I got to do one more.
3: Let's go. Let's go, let's let's go, go,
0: let's go. We are also joined by the online content director, beautiful man himself, Brian Shea. Hello. I'm excited to talk about SGF and Kim. Yeah, I I, I am too. I didn't have a joke for that. Uh, Marcus (laughs) Stewart, also here, who I'm realizing I don't really have a nickname for.
2: Yeah, I feel like that
0: changes every time
2: you record anything <laughs> <M-stoo>, ever. <yeah. laughs> but I'm happy to be it's here easy. with you guys today. I like M Stew as much as I hate M-stoo? it. You know? M-stoo. yeah,
4: M Stew.
3: Yeah. Oh boy, that's my had for dinner last of an... night. Yep, get some M Stew, baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh boy, that's gonna stick to your ribs. Hi, oh. there we go.
0: Yeah, keep that energy, and then of course. Uh, the pride of louisville i guess i don't know you're probably like the sixth most famous person out of louisville blake hester right recently
5: i went recently there was a tweet going around like are you the most famous person that went to your high school and i was like definitely not but i was thinking about my graduating class and i would say i'm top
2: five i wish not because
5: i'm famous it was just an unremarkable class of trinity high school class of 2012 but shout out to pierce abernathy and ernie utah stevens because they're way more famous than me (laughs) Man, one of my friends, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which who, what, what's his name? Uh, oh, Emmanuel Cook. I don't know if he still plays, but he did for a, a minute. I know he, oh. I think he was at the 49ers, but he was like one of our star football players. And yeah, yeah and then he got big. He's in Madden, probably somewhere.
5: Oh, Ernie's well, a professional figure skater. Okay, guy,
0: he's more famous than mm-hmm. me. Yeah, that fits. Pierce um, is an influencer. Speaking of more famous than us, Kim Wallace—it's <laughs> been quite the journey. Uh, if if people haven't seen. You after oof, eight years at GL? No, a decade. No? Did you do it? Did, did you do ten? I'm thinking of Shay. Shay did eight hey. years.
3: I did. Uh, yeah. I did Why are we eight talking
0: eight. in past tense about me?
5: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Has done eight
0: years. Excuse me. Yeah. See, Blake's gonna be mad at me for using that past tense again. Oh, man. Um, no passive verbs. Past tense is fine. You want to avoid passive verbs. That's what it is. See, I can't even talk right. Um, Kim, you are leaving us. You are on to uh bigger and better things do you want to announce now or later do we want to talk about about your journey so far first
3: i mean whatever you want to do i'm fine with
0: okay Um, let's uh let's talk about the journey uh you've been here quite some time what is what's been some of your favorite memories
3: oh my gosh there is so many um you know, I really loved every time we did Extra Life. Um, I'll never forget eating those hot peppers because that just stays with you. <laughs> you can't unforget it. Um, it does permanent
6: damage to your body.
3: The, the candy clams were the worst. I couldn't even oh deal with that. God. That was mm-hmm. the worst thing I've ever had to do for mm-hmm. Extra Life. I would take a hot pepper over that and because you just had to keep on. Oh, God. Um, Gosh, other other great moments. Um, Super Replay showdowns were always really fun. Um, you know, I really feel like we were and still are like a close-knit family. And so it was always fun to kind of have the rivalries going. Um, obviously, I got to do so much with this job. Um, going to Japan was a big thing. Like, I remember that first trip was just absolutely... Like, I can never replace that in my memories, so... Props uh to Andrew Reiner for thinking of me for that. Cause I was actually scared to go. And I was like, I I don't share this much, but I did not like flying before GI and really? I didn't really visit many too many places. I think I'd only been to like Florida. And that was like honestly. That's where you and, go? Yeah, right? With the plane. Because my grandma obviously retired down there because that's, <laughs> that's, that's where people go. That's where people go to retire. Yeah. Um if nothing so, else, Game
6: Informer definitely makes you less afraid of
3: flying Right, you right. fly a lot. <laughs> but like to go internationally, that was like huge for me, into somewhere like Japan. Um, and then I ended up like loving it and kept going back and kept going back. And like I said, I've gotten to interview some of the most amazing people through the years. I mean, some of my favorite Japanese developers, Yoko Tara, Taro, sorry, Tetsuya Nomura, Tetsuya um, Nomura yeah visiting Square Enix and the Final Fantasy Studios always uh really sticks out to me too because obviously grew up playing a lot of their games and you know Final Fantasy was that core franchise um, yeah it's so hard because like everything kind of is a blur and then certain things stand out um, as you think about it but mm-hmm. yeah it's been a wild <laughs> ten years um and I almost can't believe it because when I started like I was just a young kid in my 20s and now right. i feel very i feel You're very still
0: old a young kid in your 20s right
3: yes let's see. Yeah. i i've turned 21 for the past decade every wow. year so that, that sounds that's, exhausting a, that's, a, that's a feat in itself
5: <laughs> yeah um, you were 21 when you started a game. former no informer? no
3: oh. i just used to from the time i turned um 25 i said i was going back year backward and every uh, year would just be my 21st birthday so gotcha, that's how gotcha. that's how i live my life gotcha. can i say
0: well, I was going to save this for community, but I figured we're on the subject, so might okay. as well do it now. Uh, we do have a community question that I think mm-hmm. a couple that feels accurate, um, uh, appropriate here. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Daniel Tack? Take? I don't know. Oh, if, no. Uh, oh, Daniel the, Tosh, actually. Uh, Tosh.0 oh. wrote it <laughs> <laughs> to the show. <laughs> says, says, uh, here's a couple ones. Uh, it says, what's the coolest thing that ever happened uh, on those sweet Japan trips? We can start with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. yeah. If you if you have an answer, I can read through the rest of them. But if you have an answer, you can go now.
3: Yeah, when I did my interview with Yoko Taro, I brought him beer and we sat and drank a beer and had the interview. Wow, hands down the best thing that's happened when I was in Japan. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, he's he's such a cool guy. Um, and he was just so relaxed and just so thankful. That I brought the yeah. beer. Um,
2: you drank, he drank just, it through the helmet, right? I was about to ask. <laughs>
3: He tried, he tried, he tried, yeah. also fun tidbit. I do have a picture on my phone with him, but it's without the mask and I'm never wow. allowed to show anyone. That's oh. what he told me. So mm. it's locked there. Um, yeah, okay. that was a lot of fun. I did karaoke also with some of the Square Enix staff, which was really fun. Um, and I just think like, God, there's so much on those Japan trips. It's so oh, and visiting all the themed restaurants, right? Dragon Quest um the final fantasy 14 cafe um i did the capcom restaurant like just like there's stuff you can do in japan that's just like so awesome that you just don't get here
0: is the food good or is it just like the theme Oh, at those themed
3: cafes absolutely not (laughs) 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 it's all about the presentation it's like if you want like Nah, if you just want good food, just go anywhere else. But if you just want oh, <laughs> yeah. the Pokemon Cafe, the Pokemon Cafe didn't have bad food. I'm okay. so
6: mad I haven't gone
0: there.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good. Do you good eat memories. the Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, they bring you out alive. You gotta, a live gotta live catch them all kill. somehow. My Charmander's a little
0: Chimchar right now. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: This P- back, please, yeah. Pidgey tenders. <laughs>
3: but oh, what i loved what, what i was gonna say what i loved about japan is that i always tried to bring it to our readers and so that whole week that i would be there i would just turn game informer into game informer japan and mm-hmm. like just keep putting articles out like i said i got to go to the near orchestra concert and that was really fun while i was there like anything that i was doing like there's a i was walking around and there's a persona like pop-up store and like I just always like to share the experience because it was so much fun and it was my, like I said, my favorite part was just being able to take over Game Informer and really embrace, you know, an industry that i love and the games i love and the series because for me it was always cool that you could walk around and like you just spot an entire store devoted to the Tales series like that was so amazing (laughs) to me i'm like you can't just do that in america i remember
6: the first time i guess the only time i've gone to japan so far like i was i had just played persona 5 like I, i guess a year and a half earlier so i was still obsessed with it i still am but like I was just taken aback by how much persona merch there was over there, just mm-hmm. sitting on store shelves in like Akihabara, and it's like, oh my god, like this is a like a different planet. Like, you have to go to like a gaming convention to this see that. This is where I get stuff. all my
3: Fire Emblem stuff, is honestly when I go over there, because it's just like, oh, I can finally find this now.
0: Right. Okay. Cool. Uh, uh, Sweet Young Daniel also writes in and says, what's your favorite ice cream flavor?
3: Oh god, this is a tough question. Is it? I don't want to be like, I'm kind of a mint chocolate chip girl, but I'm yeah. also really like cool? Rocky Road Ooh. and cookie dough as well. So
0: Shout out to the cookie dough. Tack yelled at me about liking cookie dough one time, so I feel, I feel the pressure there.
2: Oh yeah. man, Actually, that's, that sounds that, like Dan. That's a Tack thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my problem. God,
5: Kim, after we get your going away dinner, can we get going away ice cream at Sebastian Joe's? Ooh. I
3: wouldn't I I wouldn't expect anything less. I got a milkshake from there
1: nice. 2 nights ago. Oh, was it good? It was. It was I got uh, raspberry chocolate.
0: Ooh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Final one from Tac. You kind of answered he asked about favorite GI experience that didn't include work. I think you kind of covered it, but do you have an answer for that? Or do you feel like you kind of covered it?
3: Yeah, experience that didn't include work. I mean it always included work because it was for Game Informer. I, <laughs> I mean, would say you know, that, I don't like, understand that question.
6: <laughs> my favorite experience that I guess doesn't really include work, but like mm-hmm. it involves Kim and GI and everything, would be like whenever we'd go to the conventions, like mm-hmm. E3 or PlayStation Experience, and like the times where we weren't working, we were just all kind of hanging out, going to like the bars and everything. Like that's a GI experience, but like it's with GI folks and other industry folks. But like you know, it's uh, it's not like we're out there like writing articles at the bar <laughs> uh, right
3: not speak yeah. for yourself no i'm kidding <laughs> Yeah, that, i mean those were
6: always so much fun to do and like kind of go out and meet up with all of our friends and like create one giant game industry group i would say that was my that would be my favorite experience with you in general um so i'm glad we had that
3: yeah no i think it was it was always fun bonding with everybody because I don't think people realize how exhausting those shows are, and uh, your brain's just constantly going, and you're going from one, like, game meeting to trying to write because for somebody, like, when I would cover, especially like CD Project Red stuff, it's like you have to, or Kingdom Hearts, you got to get that stuff up immediately. And so I'd be like running to the press room, writing as fast as I can, being like, I don't even know if this is any good. I just got to post it and, and pray to, that it's not completely typo written. And like, you know, obviously we have people look stuff over, but it's so hard with those shows. And then just to have those down times and reliefs where you just grab a burger and a beer and it's like, ah, breathe now. And uh, those are when you have, I think, sometimes the most interesting conversations just because you're so tired and your <laughs> defenses are just like, whatever, I can't, I'm not going to hold back now.
0: Right. Uh, as you shouldn't. Um, where is, for, Tax? final question, he knows, mm-hmm. but he wants the, the community to know. Uh, where does K-Star come from? The nickname. Yeah.
3: Yes. Very, okay. So my whole life, I've liked stars. Um, just something since I was very young. And then also, I also am a big fan of Kirby, Kirby Star. And so when I was, you know, making my Twitter handle, I wasn't even thinking about, like, it was very early on in Twitter. So I, like... We all in the AOL, oh, God, I'm aging myself, but game days, (laughs) like, had the numbers attached. Didn't think anything. If I had to do it over, I wouldn't have the numbers attached. But I couldn't just get K-Star. And I was like, why are people stealing my name? Like, that's my thing. But (laughs) apparently other people have thought of that idea. But, like, it just kind (laughs) of stuck because it was my Twitter handle. And so people just started calling me K-Star. And like I said, it came from having those two different loves.
0: Okay. Cool. Very nice. I think the the the, the perfect question around this out is what is your favorite cover story you ever worked on?
3: Oh man, don't make me choose between my my babies.
0: You here. said you're on, you're man. you're letting it all out, so we might as it's, well do it's it. It's
3: Horizon Zero Dawn just because I got to go to Amsterdam for that and um that was one where you know, think about it. Guerrilla games were taken, they took a huge leap and nobody knew what to expect. Like the Kill Zone series, they're making like an action RPG. What? And I just remember f- walking in the studio and like you'd see all the Kill Zone stuff, but there'd be like Aloy stuff kind of like coming out and jumping, you know, becoming more and more prominent, like taking over. And then you talk to the team and um, their excitement for doing something different was just so palpable. And, uh, I really enjoyed breaking and then to see the game come out and be the success that it was, I think also was just like, good, good. I thought what I saw was good and like I wanted it and it became like I said, I really love Aloy and, you know, I loved obviously their follow up this year with Forbidden West. And so I think that goes hands down is probably my favorite cover story.
0: Hands down. Wow. Okay. Wow. Cool.
3: A, I, I didn't write the Final Fantasy one. Remember, Joe Juba did. That would be like coming second, just because um getting to interview so much of the team and, and get an insight into that process. Another one where they, you know, that game was not in the best place. It had had multiple delays, and just mm-hmm. seeing how they had to, they really rallied around Tabata at the time, who um, doesn't work there anymore, sadly, but. Um, and and brought that out and we're trying new things that I think people didn't at the time realize was hard like Square was questioning if they could even do um, anything more like open Um, they're like but we're so known for this linear thing design we're so known in this way and I think they were taking some chances that I think didn't entirely hit it out of the park but I think they were building a foundation for the future that was very important to that series and I think people we'll look back on that game and appreciate it more for like the steps that they had to take to get to where they are going. But Hey, what do I know? (laughs) What I liked, I
6: mean, I didn't, you went on that trip with Joe and I'm assuming Ben as well, Ben Hanson. Yep. So uh, before that trip even happened, which I'm extremely jealous. You guys got to go on that. Tabata actually came to our office and like showed us all like the the pre-reveal trailer that they were going to show off and it was like not completely finished trailer and everything and it was just he was just such a nice guy and like I was glad that like he came out and like did an interview with us and then like he basically what he showed us was like hey let's do this cover story. Fun
3: fun story here for people um when Tabata came it was in the middle of winter and the snow was so bad in Minnesota and he's like there's snow in Final Fantasy 15. I'm taking notes on this because this is not what our snow looks like and we need to do it better. Yeah. Wow. Um, also, another funny thing was... At the time, I was playing Trails of Cold Steel, and I just started geeking out to Tabata about how much I was enjoying it. And he's like, I've got to learn more about this Cold Steel game. And I was explaining how the social relationships are kind of what makes it. And the person like Tabata was a huge fan of RPGs, and I could just sit there and I would just list out a bunch of them and what I liked. He's a big Secret of Mana fan, and that was like close to my heart. And those are very cool conversations. Also a fun story from that trip was the whole Final Fantasy team knew how much I loved ramen, so they picked they put a map together of their favorite places so I could visit them wow. when I went to Japan. So I got the best ramen ever because I mean, if you look at that game and you look at the food, it's got some good looking food in it, and you know that they've really tested and went through the motions of finding the best. So um, yeah, those are just some cool stories and tidbits from that trip.
0: That's really cool. Do you still have that list? Or
3: do you yes, it? I do. I I, I kept need that it.
0: list.
6: Yeah. It's li- it's <laughs>
3: laminated, guys. That's how important <laughs> it is to me. It's laminated. That um, is the
6: one Japanese food that like I was when I was in Tokyo, I didn't get like a good version of. I got kind of a mediocre ramen, but like oh, I got amazing no. curry, amazing we have to fix that. Yeah, amazing sashimi, everything, but like the ramen I got was very underwhelming.
3: When I go to Japan, my fiance gets so like annoyed with me because he's like how many times are you going to eat ramen already? Like can we have something different? Like can you go somewhere different? And I'm like, "Look, I did the curry." I'm like, "Nothing tops ramen for me. It's just so delicious." And I think too because anything we get in the states is not like what you get in J- like in Japan at all. Even the restaurants that, you know, come over from there or, you know, try to like mimic that ex- it just it doesn't do it's it's all about that broth. It's just Something mm. about the different ways that they make it and how authentic it is, and uh, it's so good. Okay, sorry. Now, now I went on a ramen rant, but that's that's all I want to end this, anyways. It's it's not a K Star podcast without ramen. Not,
0: without some ramen or some Kirby. yeah. Um, what do you? I I'm gonna turn a question that you always ask devs uh, on on you, um, and that is, what do you think you did best at Game Informer? Like, what are you most proud of?
3: Um, I think when I came into Game Informer, I knew that, um, there is a chance for me to really champion RPGs in a way that hadn't been done before. I mean, they had JRPG fans like Joe and all them, but my goal was really to give Japanese developers more of a voice. I felt like, um, things were changing a little bit, um with how they approached press um, and they were being a little bit more open at the time and I took that opportunity to sit down with more devs and have more like, I don't want to use the word intimate conversations, but just like more conversations than the stock answers that you would get like, you know the joke is always like, please enjoy this feature or like you'd get you do a question and you get like a non-answer from them. And I really like I just did that huge um, Naoki Yoshida profile. Where I just talked to him about his whole life and he even said he's like, I don't really get to do this. People just ask me about Final Fantasy fourteen and I don't ever get to talk about myself. And I think that was a big thing for a lot of um, those developers is people just knew them based on like the games that they made and you know, a comment here and there. And like I said, doing that huge interview with Yoko Taro, who's just like more outspoken. I remember my first interview with um hideki kamiya i was so nervous because this was like really early in my career and that was when he was really blocking everyone and i'm like oh my god he's gonna be such a (laughs) such a jerk to me if i ask the wrong question and then he comes into the interview and he's like like no he's like don't worry i'm nervous too and he was very he was very very nice like in a way i was not expecting based on his online persona and like I don't know. There's so many of those types of interviews that I got to do through the years. And then also, I think in the mix of that, um, it's very passionate about being able to tell developers stories, as I was just saying, but like all around. So like, I love to kind of tap into the indie scene. And I wrote on a lot of different topics, I feel, that were important in the industry. One of my favorite features that I did was actually on video game addiction and where it was and if it even existed, I was curious as myself as someone who plays the game, what is that line between where it becomes an issue and, you know, at the time, like, there's a lot of controversy because it was just being, like, put in the DSM and everything. And there, like I said, I, I talked to so many people for that. It's on GameInformer.com if you guys want to read it, but, like, it was a really exhausting piece just because i felt like i had to make sure i was getting like every angle of the story and presenting it in a way that you know was taking myself out of the the equation of someone who plays games like i had to separate myself like of course i want to say no it's not an issue but for some people it is like they can't put it down and it affects their lives and then like i said where does that go um and then two one of the things i really wanted to do was you know have a voice for women in gaming. And I, you know, I did a big feature again on like what some of the uh, things that were going on in the industry to help bring that to light. Cause like when I grew up, I didn't really see many women on stage at conferences. And it also made me realize that I needed to be more visible. Like very early in my career, I kind of, didn't want the spotlight. I always said, I'm a writer, not a face. And that's just like, because I love writing and, and all that. And I'm a shyer person, actually, than I think people ever realize. And um, I, I have a little anxiety here and there sometimes. So I was just like, I don't want to be for But like, it is important to be visible. And it is important because then, you know, the whole if she can see it, she can be it thing. And I totally um, respected talking to God a huge amount of women developers and just women in the industry in general and getting their perspectives. So those are some things that I'm really proud of. Sorry to ramble, but there's just like so many different sections of my career because I was never just like, I never like, I am best known for being like a voice on RPGs, but I didn't just want to be that I wanted to tap into issues in the industry. I wanted to like be able to really see like behind the scenes and the people who are making these games and what they were doing. And I wanted to bring that to other people. Um, but I didn't want to ever be like, I wanted it to be about the people and the games and never about me. And I feel like I was able to achieve that in my career. And I'm just going to get a little misty eyed here, but like that was, that was really important to me.
0: For sure. Well, and to not be outdone you on your, one of your last things you will ever do here for GI you made Sora trend online. with your... Sora,
3: Kingdom Hearts, and Homura no trended on Twitter yesterday, and I cannot tell you the rush of, like, what that is is as a bang to go out. If, if there's one game series that I feel like encapsulates my whole career at Game Informer, it is Kingdom Hearts and that passion and love. And I still, to this day, I remember when Kingdom Hearts 3 was first announced at that press conference. Um, I, like... I was very reserved, like I said at this time, like, very much like, I'm serious, like, I'm here to do journalism and I want to do a good job. And the reveal came on and I got up out of my seat and just started screaming. And then I started doing this dance and Dan Reichert actually made a vine out of it at the time because it was like, everybody was just like what is going on with Matt Miller still like I said he references it to this day because he's like I'll never forget that reveal because I was waiting for it for so long so um (laughs) yeah we posted a big interview among my last interviews with uh Nomura he doesn't do many and he's not an easy interview so I want to say that like not because um he's difficult but because he's hard to get information out of and get him in the right, like kingdom hearts is just hard. Well, it's hard to talk about, I think. And there's a lot of different things that he can't say or that he doesn't want to spoil. And um, it's not always easy. So that blew up online the other day and that's, I'm going out on a bang. I couldn't ask for a better interview to end my GI career on.
0: hundred percent. Well, I speak for all of us. Word when I could say we were lucky to get to spend some time with you and uh, work with you and uh, we won't get too sappy right now because we have still much, much show, show to, to do. go and I'm already <laughs>
3: misty eyed. So this yeah. is great.
0: Uh, yeah. I thought about saving this till the end, but you know, here we are anyways. So uh, K star, the set, set the record straight. The tabloids keep bothering me. Everyone's keep like papar- paparazzi. Where are you going? What's next?
3: Oh yeah, this is the this is the exclusive. The first yeah. place I'm actually going to say it. So, um through all my years in gaming, I think one of the most frustrating things for me has been that we get the games to review and the problems are already there, right? Like they can't be fixed and you're scoring based on what's what's there with the flaws. And so for the next chapter of my career, I was like, I want to be able to make a bigger difference earlier in the game development process. And how do I do that? So I am going to be a consultant at Aim Assist and help with games early. Like, I'm going to see them really early and be able to give them feedback, you know, whether like what's working, what's not, what I think, you know, they should be propping up and... um yeah just being able to do a lot of research and comment and and on that stuff um so i will be more behind the scenes um but i think that's a good thing for all of the years i've played games um you know adding like since i was five years old to these 10 years at game informer i got a lot that i can offer in those terms and so yes that is where i am going and wow yeah it, it's it's exciting um you know, after doing something for 10 years, like you need, your brain needs a little bit of a change. And I think that will be good for me um, to think about stuff in, in a different way and, and actually be able to help make a difference. Like I said, earlier in the process.
0: For sure. Well, I can't wait to to hear about it. And uh, I'm very curious to, yeah, once once you get into the, the swing of things, hear how it goes. But K-Star, you're the best for a reason. And uh, like I said, we're lucky to have worked with you. So Um, And you're always welcome on the GI show. You know that. I don't know if you can or not, but you're always welcome back. So, Um, all right. Let's talk about Summer Games Fest, shall we? Brian Shea, Marcus Stewart, Alex Van Aken. Yes. We we shared uh, some magical moments on this trip uh, as I'm writing the timestamp down. So, uh, no E3 this year, Paris Baguette,
1: man. Before we get started, sorry.
0: Paris Baguette. All the way out to Paris Baguette. Oh my god! Went every day.
2: Wow. So good. It was every most of my day. receipts, as I was expensing. I was like, "Wow, yeah. we went here a lot."
1: <laughs> I had a croissant today. wasn't the same. wasn't the same. One, the same. One no. from Paris
0: <laughs> or LA, apparently. No. Nope. Um, yeah. No. So uh, you know, E3 not doing something this year. Uh, this first year that people felt that maybe a little bit more comfortable to do something in person, and uh, Jeff Keeley set up uh, a a smaller uh, industry event that we got to go to. And, um, you know, it was my first trip. I know you guys had been on, on stuff before. Um, Shay, I mean, what did you think? Uh, you know, we can, we can start there. So I tweeted this, that
6: it was refreshing and it was a well-run event. Um, you know, it was, it was a much smaller event than you would ever see at E3. I mean, since probably the nineties, uh, there were only probably, a handful of triple a games like you had sonic frontiers you had uh street fighter 6 cuphead's an indie game but it almost has like that triple a clout to it like at this point because it has Mm -hmm. such like a huge following but other than that like it was i mean there's outriders expansion but like not a whole lot of like huge like this is like a 100 plus size development team Mm -hmm. games so the indies really stole the show I think. Um like obviously everybody wanted to play Sonic, everybody wanted to play Street Fighter, but like the indies were like the things that I was like super excited to get my hands on and there were just flashes of brilliance in almost all of them. Like I could say I played probably 80% of the games that were at Summer Game Fest. Like that was my entire second day was just going around like basically game demos non-stop with like 30 minutes to eat lunch real quick mm-hmm. and it was uh almost all of them were really really fun i uh, had a great time with games like time flies where you're like a little uh a little fly you have 77 seconds space well d- it depends on what country you choose you have a different life expectancy uh of, of like where you're from so like if you choose the US it's like 77.6 seconds if you choose like another country it has a lot lower life expectancy it's just whatever that country's life expectancy for a common house fly is so you uh you have a bucket list of things you want to do so you fly around and it's just a very simple game like it says like learn an instrument was on your bucket list so you like find a guitar in this house and you just like run the fly along it a few times to strum the guitar and that's that completes that bucket list and like the goal is to get through it all the time but like there's all kinds of great games that i played while i was out there like uh I think it was called animal well which is like a metroidvania inspired by survival horror games there was a game called birth where it's just like a really weird like you're creating a a creature to keep you company uh, out of like meat and bones basically <laughs> like there's so many like creative ideas and i played like uh ea sports had a uh, their f1 2022 out there and like i played like a vr version of that with like A whole like racing apparatus it felt like just unbelievably immersive like so stuff like that was really fun but i I think my big takeaway was like it feels good to be back doing in-person events it feels i mean i went to like dice earlier but that was more of like a kind of like meeting people and like kind of networking type of situation i went to uh ea sports earlier this month to to play madden but like this was like the first like it felt like the the first event that i've been to since gamescom 2019 where it was like a an actual convention seeing like just a bunch of people from different outlets a bunch of different developers and it felt really good like obviously there's always kind of like the specter of uh the pandemic in the back of your mind as you're going to these things but like uh, it, it felt really good to be back and uh in the event you could tell that jeff Keighley has taken notes from his decades of going to e3 and he knows like what media members want in an event and what they don't, and he cut out a lot of the fat, and he gave us a, a very well-run event. Like there were some hitches for it being the first time that he's he's done an in-person event such as this, but he also he learned from E3's mistakes, and I'm I'm excited to see where it goes next year,
0: for sure. Uh, one game answer, Shay. Uh, game of Sgf for you.
6: Oh man, um, it's again, it's so difficult because it's uh, indie games versus triple A games, but I'll probably say Street Fighter Six. Okay. Marcus, how about you?
0: How was your experience?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Brian pretty much nailed what I was uh, thinking of it, too. Um, You know, being used to going to E3s and PAXs, this was a lot more intimate by comparison, like being able to see the other side of the room when you walk in and also recognizing every face pretty much the second day. Uh, It was nice. It was a good, like, having not... Uh, been able to do this for like two years now because of the pandemic. You could tell everyone was kind of like warming back up to the like, oh, we gotta be social people again, uh, talking to people. But it kind of made it easier because I was very much still in that place too of like, oh yeah, how do I not be an awkward human being in front of like <laughs> Greg Miller? Uh <laughs> so it was it was fun to just see people again that I haven't seen face to face in a long time or meet people for the first time that I maybe I'd only interacted with online or listened to or watched or read their other content. Um, you know, like Brian said, the games that were there were limited, but what was there was pretty fun. I played quite a bit of stuff too. Um, I enjoyed pretty much everything I got my hands on. Uh I'd say Street Fighter Six probably my game of the show too. Like playing that against the, both of you, the out Alexes was a, a great time. And uh yeah, it was just it just felt good to work that muscle again of like covering a live event, especially because this is my first one doing it with Game Informer. um, so it was like, yeah, finally get to do it with you guys after doing it, you know, as a freelancer for so long and with other like teams, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think that it was well run. I'm looking forward to see if he does this again next year, what it looks like because I think this is a really good start. uh, so yeah i'd say thumbs up all around for the most part you know to, to give
6: a little bit of diversity in our game of the show i'll change my answer and say metal hell singer
2: okay
0: there you go i didn't even see that on this i saw like the trailer going where was it on the floor it, it was, it was like around one of the corners. Corner. Okay. yeah gotcha i feel like the whole right side of the the, the thing i barely even touch but yeah they uh, wouldn't
2: let you over there
1: yeah
0: <laughs> that's fair i just couldn't fit uh va how about you
1: uh, I had a gr- I had a great time. I'm still recovering. I'm you seem tired wiped. still. Yeah. I, uh, well, yeah. It's just been you know you get back and then we've just been working and it's yeah. been like we've had multiple reviews <laughs> going up this week. Yeah. It's just I, uh, I felt
6: that too. So. Today's yeah, the first so, day I feel like a human. Like yesterday and uh, Monday and yeah, I was just I was completely wiped.
1: Anytime I uh, sit down or for like a period of time without anything anything that I'm doing. I just fall asleep on accident, <laughs> um, so I'm I'm still pretty wiped, and I feel bad because it's Kim's last show, and I'm just like over here, like I'm living, I'm I'm. Don't <laughs> worry, that's the
3: story of my life, and I wasn't even at the convention.
1: <laughs> um, but no, I, I had a really great time. Uh, it was it was a blast seeing uh, most of the people there. Some people, I'd say, it wasn't a blast scene, but you know, <laughs> that's any event. Marcus is
2: right there. I don't know why know. you throw him under the bus like I'm that. Because I beat him in Street Fighter.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was a good time. Um, I loved you know hanging out with people after afterwards, and it, it was great that it seemed like most everyone there was really uh, aware of like safety, and you know, um, a lot of people were wearing masks and. Uh, even when they weren't, it was like it still felt like people were aware, and um, and fingers crossed, nobody gets sick from this event. We'll see, but uh, it was really well run. Um, our our hotel was not very well run, but that's another <laughs> story. Um, but no, it, it was a really great time. Uh, my game of the show is Street Fighter Six, but uh, f- follow up runner up Schlimm, uh, the Blim. shadow hopping game. Um, if people were wanting to know how to there's that, L in that name, is there, there isn't, but that's how you pronounce it. It's Dutch S C H I M is how you spell yeah. it. And it's pronounced Schlim. as somebody who is Dutch himself. Oh, okay. I'm not Dutch. I was you adopted. Made... My, my grandpa was adopted, but my name's Dutch and I looked it up on YouTube and the developers called it that. You're so.
2: Dutch Vanderlin. So that what you just said? Oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Dutch Vanderlin. <laughs> oh. Okay
1: um so yeah sgf was was a lot of fun it felt great where it was weird working for a uh, i mean i've been to plenty of events but never like an e3 event uh the biggest i've ever been to is like PAX's, you know and um while i used to help run a website and i was very serious about getting stuff up it, it's weird working doing it for a job because you're like i'm no longer like uh an enthusiast it's like okay i'm here i've got things to do uh, it's just a different feeling, but it was a lot of fun, and I'm very happy to have been able to go. It was yeah. also just great meeting Marcus in person. Like, we really hit it off. For like, real. Like, it was. Yeah, uh,
2: I was going to say it was great because I, you know, Brian and I have met before. Like, mm-hmm. he was here in, for EA and when I was an intern at GI, but I yeah. met uh, the Alex's. So it was great, you know, spending so much time with you guys and, and laughing way too hard. Yeah, uh, we <laughs> laughed a lot. It was awesome. I saw Marcus is even cooler in person. I, yeah, like, dead ass. That's not even like we're not even joking. Like he's <laughs> he's great.
1: Yeah, um, it was it was a lot of fun, and he so. surprised
2: uh, Glenn Schofield by how tall he is. That is a quote, Glenn Schofield, who was a tall man himself. Yeah, <laughs> he he's, he's not, he's not short by any stretch. No, no, he's, he's intimidating. He walked up and the first words out of his mouth were nice to meet you, Marcus. Wow. You're tall. <laughs> 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 like, Just, then he saw Alex static and he ran for his life. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I never got to meet
0: him actually, which is my regret of the show. Y'all have games of the show. I have the one regret of the show is not meeting Glenn. So mm.
4: um,
0: maybe next time, but Uh, yeah. I just echoing everything everyone has already said. It, it was. I feel like I've had a lot of the the Game Informer dream over my like two years, two almost three years here, right? Where it's like getting to review games and like previewing stuff, and and but I was always missing the trip, right? I was always missing the cover trip or the convention trip, right? And I finally got to do it now, and it was, it was, it was glorious. Like I meeting the I was i know i don't show it all the time i was nervous as hell to meet devs but also like fellow journalists and stuff like that and and content creators and and everyone was very kind and warm and welcoming and that made things even easier um it was cool to to play the games obviously but i think it's the people that i really like valued meeting and it was amazing to do podcasts in person like just the energy and i hope the energy is still good like don't get me wrong here but like Damn, like it was so fun to just be in the room uh together and BS about Justin Bieber lyrics and you know, make <laughs> l- uh make other people. That was learn not how what I was expecting are. to
3: hear from you, by the <laughs> yeah, way.
0: Right. Neither were Tamor and yeah. Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, when you went straight to I was like, what is this man? These people are gonna leave and they're never gonna come back.
1: You I had to, I now. had to, you know. Yeah. What is it? healing by fire cleansing by fire i don't know whatever the fire trial by fire there you go (laughs) (laughs) but some of those work too yeah to
2: that point alex i think it's worth pointing out one thing i missed about doing these trips is that as tiring as it can be it's also very invigorating because it is Mm -hmm. when you're around so many people that are as passionate about this medium as you are and getting to see devs in person and play games and just being in that atmosphere it recharges you and it kind of like restores you're like oh yeah that's why i do this stuff like
6: especially after we've been at home for so long like it's almost like a reminder of like oh yeah these are like the people that i actually interact with on the other side of the screen they're real people and like yeah this is why i do what i do right right
0: yeah it was it was special it's something i'm always going to remember um i hope you guys like the content like uh, it was a lot of fun my game of the show is cuphead delicious last course um as a fan of the first game uh the dlc looks like it's it's hitting everything i did not beat the demo though that it's going to haunt me for for quite some time yeah uh, it was, it was well, really it was embarrassing like, that it you like didn't beat this it. far <laughs> literally the entire show floor was watching me i had one shot and i blew it and now i'm a pariah what are you gonna do? you're
1: just you're just lucky they didn't have the tutorial for you to play it would have been over <laughs> on social media twice you've made that joke
0: um (laughs) um and then uh i think my one of my favorite game related things was marcus and i were playing outriders the the dlc for it and we're stuck on the fisherman who we talked about on the last show but like we both like i i was like okay i gotta beat this if marcus is playing like i got the competitive side in me and literally almost want to play
2: together the devs like <laughs> yeah. you guys can because i'm there for an appointment and alex is just playing the devs like you guys could team up and alex is like, I like no, nah. nah, nah. <laughs> i have to beat him
0: <laughs> yeah i knew what was coming for me in street fighter so i needed to do something about that but literally we beat it within
2: what 15 seconds of one another not even that it was like i when he dropped i looked at you and you had to like <gasps> I was like, did yeah, we did just that. beat? Because yeah. I was about to declare victory and then I see you like, yeah! And we're like, did we beat the boss at the same time?
0: Yeah, <laughs> and we did. And that's when we became but uh, more than I don't know. We've, we're You're going to say before. more than
3: friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're totally going to say that. I lost my train, but yeah, it's 100% we
0: lost guys. Yeah. Yeah. We
2: became Outriders. That's what the name actually means. Right. People mm. that beat bosses really well. Yeah, mm.
0: so uh so yeah, it was a great week. Uh we still have a little bit more content coming from it, so be sure to keep a little bit a lot
3: of it.
2: And
0: we got so much stuff though I'm like looking on my list.
2: I'm excited for our, our Street Fighter competition to go up. Yeah, where I Oh, absolutely oh and then also our visit to it. the uh the Requiem cafe out in anaheim that was fun yeah that's right
6: so we went and visited a uh cafe that is like themed after like video games and fantasy and everything and like uh we went there because they were having a persona 25th anniversary theme so we went out there took a took a field trip and i got a joker themed uh uh drink and i was it you marcus or was it alex van Aken that got the philemon i did yeah. yeah Alex. yeah Okay, so yeah, we, uh, we got Persona themed drinks. Uh, I mean, it was really nothing based on Persona aside from the name, but right. they were good. And then they, we sat on like the Velvet Room couch, which was pretty cool. Yeah.
5: I, uh, uh... Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> did, you, did you say philo- Philemon? Philemon. Is it not filet mignon?
0: <laughs> Not the drink. It's not a filet We're talking about a drink.
4: I like that's Apologies. your
6: one contribution to, to this segment. <laughs> Has Blake said anything this entire no, show yet? That no, was
4: the
3: first thing. I wasn't at
6: Summer Games Fest. What do you want from me? Nor do you know who Kim is. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I,
0: I couldn't tell if he was going to unleash Demon Mode there. Yep, he's gone. <laughs> We've lost him. We, Reagan Ooh, is now our guest. Reagan's there. Mm-hmm. Reagan. Come
2: here. Hey, girl. She was
0: barking earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I heard her. She's looking at Blake now. Um, Brian Shea, (laughs) we got to drop you off at at daycare, it sounds like.
6: Yeah, I got to go. But, Tim, it was an honor and a pleasure working with you. Uh, I still remember the day that you announced that you joined Game Informer. And immediately I followed you and then you followed me back. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever that somebody from Game Informer had followed me back. (laughs) I didn't know
4: that. (laughs) So,
6: and, and, you know, it's been amazing uh, working with you. For me, it's been seven and a half years for you. It's been a decade, but like, you know, I consider you a very close friend, uh, pretty much basically the sister I never had. So it's sad to see you go, but I know you're really excited about this new opportunity and I know that we'll stay in touch. For sure. All right. Well. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. Yeah, thanks for being here. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
1: Welcome back to the Game Informer Show. It's time to get into the topic of the show. We're going to be talking about all of the news from Microsoft's uh, Xbox Bethesda Showcase. Not all the news, the big highlights. Uh, you can go and watch our reactions, the archive of the stream. Uh, but yeah, uh, we we got a lot of news this week. Uh, I think number one, We'll start off with the, um, you guys cool if we do Xbox first?
2: Yeah. i awesome. encourage it. What?
5: We so, didn't talk about that before we started recording.
1: <laughs> starting off strong, we got a look at uh, Redfall, some actual gameplay. Hell yeah. I, I y'all know me. I love Arcane. Uh, I was curious how, what this was going to look like um, when they first announced it. Uh, we finally got gameplay this past week and that game looks pretty cool um arcane of course uh creators of deathloop dishonored uh redfall is their upcoming four player um action game four player shooter um and yeah this is written by one marcus stewart marcus you wrote quote the trailer sets the table for the adventure which unfolds on the island of redfall massachusetts see i didn't realize it was an island mm-hmm. i just learned something The idyllic town falls apart when residents disappear and, worse, become vampires. If that's not enough, some survivors have taken to worshipping these night creatures as deranged cultists. Up to four players can team up as a band of survivors who must fight back and escape Redfall with their lives intact. Uh, The crew consists of protagonist Layla, who wields telekinesis, the sniper Jacob, the Engineer Remy, with a cute robot companion in tow, and Cryptid Hunter Devender. The gameplay trailer shows how these four combine their abilities to combat hordes of undead, such as Layla creating a telekinetic elevator to launch an ally Skyborne. Um, Yeah, have we all watched the trailer here? Because uh, it looks freaking sick. I think my biggest takeaway was... um, Pancake's in the shot. Hello, Pancake. Uh, (laughs) My biggest takeaway was... I mean, it seems like they've taken they've they obviously obviously shared notes with what they learned on Deathloop, just like in the way that their their reload animations, the way that like uh, the guns work and appear and the the kind of game feel, screen shake, all that associated with shooting guns. It really is reminiscent of Deathloop and I think that's a really strong thing. I think that's a great thing to pull inspiration from um because yeah, this game looks rad. Alex what yeah. do you think?
0: I I definitely Arcane is a new relatively new studio to me in that Deathloop is the only game that I've actually beaten um from them. So I was like I I knew their pedigree, right? I was excited by the potential of it, but it was like, okay, I'll see this when I see this and like it'll be cool and just kind of live my life, but I got I I'm so happy to say that I'm really really hyped for this game now. Like the the shooting looks amazing like uh VA said the uh the death loop animations and like the kinetic energy of that game is definitely present in this and that's exciting to me as someone who just played that, right? Um I love this setting. I know we're getting a lot of vampires and stuff like that, but like I feel like it works really well for this setting and I'm excited to experience a vampire story in that way i also you said it on the stream alex but i wasn't sure but i read an ign article today and they they said it's open world technically so and learning about how they're like trying to balance the open world of this town uh when usually you know arcane's not having to do with that as much like that's going to be very interesting and i'm excited that it sounds like whether it's single player or co-op, you're going to get a good story out of this. And no, I'm into it. I'm not yeah, into, it's... Oh, sorry. Go oh. ahead.
1: No, you finish your thought.
0: Just the one, the one red flag that I saw that someone shared in our discord is that it sounds like uh campaign progression is tied to being the host. So if you're yeah. not hosting a match, your progress goes away. And I, I hate that. And I, I don't think we should have that in games at all anymore.
2: Yeah. Dying um, Light like 2 kind of did that too, didn't they? Like, yeah. Th- did you yeah. didn't get story. For, you you kept, loot but Mm -hmm. your story progress didn't carry right which made sense at least in that game because it's a choice driven game so if your friends make a dumb decision (laughs) that you don't want poisoning your game i can see why they would do that
0: yeah but so that's the only that's the only red flag i saw otherwise i am i'm all in on and that's definitely one of my most anticipated for next year for sure
1: so also a big differentiator with this game is it's arcane's first true multiplayer game i know deathloop had you know asymmetrical multiplayer options with, with, um, Colt and, um, Juliana. yeah, yeah. But, uh, this is like the first, their first proper co-op game that I know of. Um, well, they had one that got canceled pretty famously, which they seem
5: oh, to have spent yeah, the last yeah. 20 years just like trying to remake in various forms, which I think yeah, is what funny. What was that game called? Uh, not, the, crossing.
1: Was yeah, the Crossing. Yeah. The Crossing. um, this is the first one that's going to hopefully see the light of day. We'll see. And uh, that's very exciting to see oh. how that differs from their, their single-player focused catalog. Um, and also just like, I'm very curious on like what sort of immersive sim elements they're going to introduce into this game. How that might work in a co-op setting. Uh, I know this is definitely more of a... I feel like this on the outside looks like the least risky game they've made um in the most safe game they've made which
2: hmm.
1: I am I'm am not totally upset about because I think Arcane takes a lot of risks and they take a lot they make a lot of weird games and I'm excited to see how they can introduce that weirdness into a, a more more traditional genre right um and yeah. I don't know. It should be cool. I hope. So we'll see. But Blake, what do you think? You're. I know you're a big Arcane fan as well.
5: Yeah. I, if you picked five words to describe an Arcane game that I wouldn't want to play. It's this one. Uh, <laughs> it's just like online kinetic multiplayer stuff like that. You like I just like, I though? want to, I want to be excited for it. I'm just not, you know, it's like, that's not what I value in Arcane games. And like, as a massive fan of Arcane Games, who like when they announce a new one, that's usually like top of my list of games I want to play. Yeah, Um, this one like falls completely flat for me. But by virtue of my job, I will play it, and I'll make a you know more informed uh, evaluation then. But unfortunately, this doesn't do it for me. I don't like quippy games. I don't really like Mm -hmm. like
1: co-op. There were so many quips. There was a quippy game. You just played Neon White. I definitely do. Yeah.
0: Okay.
4: All right. Well, fair Fair, fair is fair. fair. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not for me. Fair. Kim, what do you think?
3: Sorry, I'm getting accosted by a cat. Um, (laughs) I actually like really got excited after this trailer. Um, You know, based on the premise, as we're talking, like it doesn't sound that exciting. um, Just because it's like, oh. You know, I've seen this before, but then like when I was watching it, I don't know, did anyone else get like this cool, like kind of left for dead vibe of like, I'm going to play this game with my friends and it's going to be different. Like, you know, just that fun part of teaming up with your friends and being able to go and play a game like this. I, I really could see myself diving into it. And the fact that it is arcane and they are so good at what they do, especially with giving you like interesting powers and stuff, like, I feel it's very promising. So, like I said, the trailer made me even more excited because I thought the trailer looked very good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. Oh, go ahead, Marcus. Go ahead.
2: Oh no, I was gonna say because I I love Arcane too, and I I've, I'm probably in the middle of you guys mm-hmm. of like super excitement, and then uh, like where Blake is. Of, uh, but I think what is keeping me interested is knowing that Arcane is really good at like mixing things up because I you know before this like Deathloop was definitely their most like quote unquote mainstream game and even they they found a way to do some really unique things with that formula so like with something like this we're like okay yeah this is more or less left for dead but with vampires and you know we've gotten that a lot recently like you know we got back for blood last year which i'm kind of burnt out on but i'm kind of trusting them like i I'm, I'm pretty confident they will find a really cool hook or different ways to mix that formula up Because even that trailer, like, the trailer, I thought, looked pretty fun. You know, that telekinetic elevator, like, I called that out for a reason in my article. It's like, that was one thing I was like, oh, that's kind of awesome. (laughs) Uh, Well, they
3: do level design so well. So I'm curious how, like I said, these maps will play out and what they can bring to the table in, like, that big co-op setting that, if that has the same creativity that we've come to know and love about them, I think, you know, it could put a different spin on it and also make it more engaging than some of the more recent games that we've played that have kind of taken on this formula. So that's yeah. what I'm most interested in and fi- in seeing and seeing the uh, and figuring out. Sorry, cat distracting me again. And, He's going to uh, fall
1: well. to that point, Kim. I think I've realized that a lot of like, as much as I was excited for them and I did enjoy them to an extent, games like back for blood um there's been several recently that my mind is blanking on I'm sorry yeah, like I'm World War Z yeah, War, yeah. Game. yeah. I've got SGM right 1 and 2 yeah Vermin- the thing that I think a lot of those games fall short on the more I think about it is level design mm-hmm. because you know I think I look back at Left 4 Dead with these rose tinted glasses yep. I mean the, the, a lot of great levels a lot of great set pieces but was a game designed in 2007 right at uh, the time yeah yeah and you know we've i feel like that that ball hasn't that torch hasn't really been carried much further um with these newer iterations that are inspired by left for dead mm. they're very much like not a ton of mobility very much like corridor closets on the side of corridor choke points you know safe house and i think to see a a game like Redfall, which Alex you said is uh, allegedly open world-ish,
0: I can find the article. But yeah,
1: regardless of how it's set up, I think Arcane's strongest, mm-hmm. um, strongest part, like th- their pedigree is, like Riem said, creating interesting levels that have winding routes and secret paths and like really cool places to explore and kind of manipulate. And I think you pair that with um, with this this sort of game I'm eager to see if they can kind of break through that um barrier that I have felt that I've kind of run up against with right. re- recent releases like Back for Blood. Again, mm-hmm. they are enjoyable for what they are, but I just they I always kind of feel like they're lacking something and the more I think about it, I think it is that that uh, the way that you move about the map and stuff.
0: I agree with that. I also agree with the fact that I think Left 4 Dead what is so fantastic about those games is its sense of of, of place and being lived mm-hmm. in right and it feels like a lot of people are chasing that whereas I feel like redfall will obviously be chasing that too that's like you know the the environmental storytelling in that game is is mm-hmm. was fantastic you know when it came out and so having you know a little bit different setting right it's not zombies it is it's vampires and and the the integration of those powers and stuff like that could be interesting and i've Deathloop's writing was was fantastic, and I know it's different studios within, right? But, like, I'm hoping that carries over. But uh, just real quick before we get off this, this is from uh, Kat Bailey, who I got to meet briefly uh, at SGF. Shout out to Kat. Um, she writes, Arcane Austin has a lot of experience uh, open ended ga- with open-ended uh, gameplay design, but when it comes to designing Redfall's open world, the famed studio behind Prey had a unique problem. Uh, Redfall's open world was actually a bit too open. Um It was like there wasn't enough blocking you or challenging you, but it's very, very open rooftops and alleys and streets of this small town, Redfall, Massachusetts, which is like a fishing community, a tourist community. Uh, One thing that we do in terms of that gating pretty heavily is we uh, divided the world into two districts. District 1 is the first half of the missions, and uh, it's the downtown part of Redfall, while District 2 is more rural. It's farms, lighthouses, churches, things like that. So it sounds like contained open world almost, yeah. yeah. so which I'm I'm all here for. I think open worlds are too big as it is now. So um.
5: that just sounds like all their other games, which is not <laughs> yeah. a knock against it. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, they do. Great. That sounds like Dishonored one two and Deathloop mm-hmm. So That's cool. That's
0: yeah, true. I'm with it. So yeah, very excited.
1: Cool. Uh, up, ne- I mean, up next on our on our big news, uh, I just want to give a shout out to High on Life. Looks the so new good. games game. Um, what you a know. Name. Yeah, what a name. Uh is that the Rick and Morty game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, okay, with the FPS Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. I just think that you know, their production value has skyrocketed since their last release. I was blown away. Um and you know, I just want to see more from that studio. I I'm worried that maybe like that their comedy might get a little long in the tooth if like they're just producing, you know, Rick and Morty style games, but uh, yeah, we'll see. But I just wanted to give that a shout out. But next on our our list to talk about from the Xbox game showcase is Starfield. We got our first gameplay um, showing off, you know, massive scale. They've talked about over a thousand planets, which I'm worried about. Me too. Um, The ability to build your own spaceships. Uh, and a lot of No Man's Sky ins- influences. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this is from Reiner. He wrote it up. I mean, honestly, I don't even have to read this because I took my own copious notes uh, as we were going through the. Are I'm you saying you're
0: a-, a better writer than Reiner. Is that what That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying, Alex. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, you're fired yeah. now. I said <laughs> <earlier. laughs>
3: But does it ever worry anybody when, like, a game like Starfield? in particular to me, my words is like, it feels like they're trying to do too much. And when there's too much going on, and especially like that thousand planets, okay, how interesting are all these planets going to be explored? Is it going to be a bunch of empty space? Are there going to be in like engaging areas, cool things to do within each of them? I just, I worry sometimes when developers And a lot with AAA, I think, in this current generation that we're in, it's just like, let's go as big as we can. But that doesn't always mean it's, like, as exciting as it can be for the whole ride. And that is my one big worry with Starfield, although, like, I think it's cool, the concept, even though it is very Topan Sky feel to it. But, um, yeah, that has me a little concerned.
2: I guess well, I, I'm less worried because it's like, yeah, they might be doing too much, but this is also a studio that literally all they do are games that are too much. Like, that is kind of their bread and butter. that end up
3: really glitchy for a long <laughs> time before. Yeah, this. it's like
2: generally that works <laughs> out sorry, for I'm sorry, I had like to say
3: it. No, you're
2: not wrong. That's absolutely. Go it. anywhere. <laughs> do it
3: That's why I'm glad yeah. that they did the Glitch delay anywhere. that they did because they probably realized, like hey we're gonna get a lot of criticism if there are so many bugs but i still think yeah. you are gonna run into glitches and bugs with something as big as this um,
2: i hope one planet is just like a disaster like for some reason all the bugs are localized on one planet like you just go there and it's just like
3: <laughs> they should do that as like the, a <laughs> shout out to their past like this, yeah how this this... they used to be now visit all the rest and they're Wonderful.
2: Skybox is falling apart. Like the atmosphere's <laughs> collapsing. Just all kinds of nonsense going on there.
3: Sorry, yeah. VA, I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. you're fine. Interrupt your rant, but it's just like something that, as you were talking again, just reminded me of like, oh boy. Here
1: I also wondered if maybe like somehow they, it kind of runs up against what they were saying about being able to explore every planet. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool if you had like a few planets like that Mm -hmm. and then maybe like those extra planets were like oh there's a side quest on this planet and that's why you're going there and then you're on to the next one um but i guess we'll see Um, these are
2: all um i'm sorry these they know that they're using procedural generation which they do use for all their games to a degree but from my it sounded like the planets themselves are handcrafted it's not like no man's sky where like it's making every planet correct
5: no i think it's a combination some are okay. handcrafted, yeah, yeah, yeah. some are procedurally generated. Yeah. Okay. I, don't know.
1: I I imagine mean. the main path is all, you know, obviously Handcraft handcrafted, yeah. Right.
0: I think I, I definitely think focusing on the a thousand, I get it. Like I am I am the one of the main people who complains about open worlds being too open. I just I have this sense of like wonder with it though too. Mm-hmm. Where it's like I think some of the best parts of something like like Old Bethesda games are like Witcher, right? Is just stumbling upon this completely random moment that is you just didn't expect, and and you go and have the you know have like this amazing side quest, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like this this game is ripe for that. Because how cool would it be to just go to like I don't know the Andromeda Galaxy or something like that, and you just you're going to mine the specific mineral, and then you just discover this alien race that like has not been like talked about in the game or anything like that and you just go through a quest line like that that's kind of where my like, head is I mean, at
2: Elden Ring is full of that stuff
0: right you know? yeah so I I understand why people are saying but like I'm also I don't know I play Bethesda Game Studios games differently where I definitely don't venture off as much so it doesn't like hmm. bother me if I still have the the main checkpoint does that make sense like I don't yeah. know
2: so. I yeah I I will say it was, it, like, watching that gameplay footage, it was like, okay, this looks nice, and, like, okay. this, like just fidelity-wise, I can definitely see an improvement from, like, their old engine stuff, like, in the animations and in the characters, so that was nice to see. I, it, I man, it feels like... I just couldn't help but think that, like, in addition to No Man's Sky, that, like, the Outer Worlds as well are like, oh, man, those games kind of ate this game's lunch <laughs> a little bit, like, I'm seeing stuff that I've already played through between those two games of, like, fallout in space more or less Mm -hmm. uh so this will be bigger uh yeah i guess so yeah i mean it'll be much bigger than you know outer worlds was intentionally a much smaller game yeah uh, which kind of worked in its favor honestly (laughs) but Mm -hmm. uh so yeah it was there was parts where there wasn't enough moments where i felt truly like whoa okay like that was missing that x factor i guess like that intangible x factor that would send it over the edge i'm gonna play because i love bethesda games. Um, I feel like it's been a while since I've really found myself, like, lost in them. Because, mm-hmm. like, I thought Fallout 4 was just okay. Um, but I think the last, like, I'm, I'm chasing that Skyrim high. Like, Skyrim, yeah. I think, was the last game I played where I was absolutely just 100%, like, obsessed with it. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I haven't had that since then. And I'm hoping this is that. But just from what I've seen so far, it's like, oh, this looks fine. And I'm excited to see these different planets, especially if it is more of a, I guess, handcrafted No Man's Sky. No Man's mm-hmm. Sky had a lot of those fun discovery moments, but you know, it was also right. kind of light on stuff, at least early on. Right. So I,
0: it's funny doing a live stream and like being in your own bubble
4: mm-hmm.
0: and like and then coming out of that and seeing like, you know, everyone else's reaction and stuff like that. Cause I I think I was definitely more taken with what I saw. I know I was more taken with what I saw than mm-hmm. than you, Marcus, just because like I'm definitely more of a sci-fi person than a high fantasy one. Right. So like, you know, I'm with you followed for not great it was just you know yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't it
2: was fine it was okay
0: it's it's hard yeah. coming off <laughs> what it was coming off but it felt derivative of what had came before right. which is hard when you're in in you know you're trying to make sequel after sequel that are living up to these expectations so the fact that it is kind of like fallout or elder scrolls in space has me jacked frankly because it is it's a genre that i like more than than what i said before and also there's just this sense of of hope and wonder to it that I I found myself really uh, enjoying just because yeah, I feel like, like a totally. lot of yeah like the horn like the, the I said on stream with and I was like this score already is hitting that like 50s 60s golden age sci-fi where it is like like space race it's space is exciting it's not douchebags trying to colonize <laughs> Mars you know what I mean like like for real like I'm and I feel like our media has re- represented that over the last couple of years too with like. I feel like the cyberpunk genre has gotten really huge and I like cyberpunk, but it is very bleak and nihilistic. And this just felt like space is like exciting again. And and it's meant to be explored. And I'm sure there's gonna be some dark stuff because there always is. Right. But it just, it has this sense of wonder that, that I was really, really enjoying. I agree with that.
3: Let's be fair too. When we're watching this footage and the trailers, like it's not going to convey totally what it's like to be in that world and what you're going to encounter. And so For me, it really is like you're just getting a glimpse, but the actual experience that's going to matter is, is your time meaningful there? Is there, you know, engaging things to do? Am I going to meet interesting people? Um, I trust them on some of those things, but I just don't know if sometimes you're sacrificing um, a little bit of stuff that could be more contained and and well done for like a size and scope that you just want to be able to be like oh you know because let's face it the bigger you go with the game the harder it is to keep everything as interesting um, as the last so that's my only worry but yeah as I say as we watch this stuff we're only we don't know what it's actually It can't convey the sense of actually being in the world and what's going to be there, no matter what you see. Um, And that will be, I think, the true telling point when people finally are able to play the game is if does that live up to, you know, what we want from a game out of Bethesda. And I mean, Bethesda makes some pretty damn good games, so
0: they can. Yeah.
3: For they sure. can, and they can also not. So <laughs> I would bet on them, though, opposed to them. Um, like yeah. I said, the only thing that makes me a little nervous is like their mm-hmm. history with glitches and having right. something this big. Um, I don't know. Yeah. We'll
1: see. Yeah. I think the, the building your own starships and how the different parts affects the stats of the ship mm-hmm. more so than just, you know, it's not just cosmetic. That seems cool. Um the, I'm very curious about base building because that's primarily what I did in Fallout 4 was base building. And it was kind of like a wet fart at the end of it. I spent <laughs> like 20, 25 hours building up my base. God, Loved that it.
3: phrase never feels yeah. good when people you, say it. It just, laugh just like... every time.
1: Get you know, every me every time.
2: You look to be an astronaut equivalent of the guy from Ford. I kept telling you that all your, like, hey, there our settlements are being attacked. Can you help us? The Minutemen guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Um,. I don't know. I just like I, I barely ever. I don't think I ever got attacked, actually, and fall out. And I was like, I what? just wasted. I just spent my entire time building this base and I'm just dying to get invaded. Huh, and... I feel like I had the
2: opposite where I felt like I kept putting up all deterrence and nothing worked.
1: I just kept. Coming oh, dude. Me. And I was like, I've why gotta am find I even making my video. These? I had it decked out, man, and I never got attacked once. Um, I don't know if my <laughs> well, game was bugged or are, what. Or they're, they're smart. Uh, they're like, we don't want to touch that guy. <laughs> I had like picture I picture
3: Van Aken like making this elaborate like you know oh, being like real. oh I'm gonna get this person here like oh I'm setting this, and then like nobody Just comes. Yeah. <laughs> you know I I
1: set up in Sanctuary that was the, the first town right. Yeah. And there's that bridge on the right that goes to the gas station where the power armor is. I had turned that entire bridge into like a giant mouth piece that had like all of these turrets and it fed <laughs> into like these this giant fortress. It was like two story, three story tall like garrison out of like rusted metal. Oh my God. and oh, and it was one so cool. Game. You know, most people his party. <laughs> yeah.
2: Most people put a troll at the bridge. It just makes people yep. answer a riddle to get yeah. by. Not me. <laughs> Not me. Yeah.
0: Uh, like yeah, have you times. have you said are you are you a Bethesda guy? I've never played a single one of their games.
2: <gasps> okay, oh. you're gonna play Starfield. <laughs>
5: starfield looks cool i guess okay all you right. know what it is i think it's gonna happen is i'm gonna go through the uh nine stages of being a, a a a potential bethesda fan where they release a new trailer i'm like it looks pretty cool game comes out and everybody's like it's great and i'm like can't wait and then i just <laughs> never play it that's happened with every single game like i remember when they announced fallout 4 i was like ah, shit, let's go then it came out, and I just forgot to play it. The yeah. Starfield looks cool. I think the sound effects and the space battles are so cool. Cause like yeah. you have two options. You have the unrealistic option, which is there is sound. No sound. Or the realistic option, no sound. Yeah. And they've kind of met in the middle where everything is like muffled. And I thought it was like such a cool touch. I thought that that was like my favorite part of the whole trailer. Yeah,
2: I remember that. Blake, we need to do a, like a video feature or a stream of you playing Skyrim for the first time. I would like to see that. I would do it. I'll do That'd it. Fun. Yeah. yeah I've always tricks. wanted to
5: play their games like their studios. I see their games. I'm like, not for me. Bethesda games have seemed for me. I've just never played them. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Maybe Starfield be the first one.
1: Cool. Maybe maybe um well that's supposed to come out in the next 365 days apparently <laughs> less, uh, less, as man, were but... all the games at microsoft yeah. uh, i think wow. it's not on our list but the the kojima uh, xbox partnership it's pretty interesting nothing to show of that yet early days but they're working i together. feel like
3: fans wish this into existence like when all the rumors were going around i was all like Nah, he wouldn't He wouldn't betray Sony like that. None of these betraying Sony, don't get me wrong. But like, <laughs> yeah. you know, him and Sony are pretty tight. Um, right. And I'm like, this is just something like fans really want. But I don't I even said it, I think, on the uh, predictions podcast is like, I just don't think it's happening. And then it happened. I was like, <laughs> whoa, like this doesn't it feels like it felt like a pipe dream, but it happened. And right. um, I'm excited because like, I think it's great when developers, you know get to approach, you know, different audiences, different systems, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, The more people who can play those types of games, the better, and the more that they have funding to help them make the games that they want, the better, so.
0: Yeah, for sure.
5: He won't be using Decima engine, I don't believe.
0: He said he's working with Microsoft Cloud technology. It was the only thing he really said in the whole thing. Yeah. It was such a nothing announcement other than they're together. Yeah.
5: But I'm being curious, because he did that whole dog and pony show about finding an engine. Yeah. settled with an engine by a company owned by playstation and it's like are they gonna license that out for a competitor funded game i don't know oh. uh does is this game going to be on playstation i don't know either did he say it was an exclusive for xbox seems like it
4: no Oh well, yeah, he, yeah. You like, would think yeah. just
2: because, like, why well, make a big deal of showing up there? Just yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I got a game coming. It's like you've had games on Xbox before. It's not yeah. yeah. Like, and it, why not would Xbox
3: <laughs> port him unless it was yeah. some type
2: right. of exclusive? If Starfield's exclusive, at the very least. Yeah.
5: Which yeah. which makes me think like Decima might not be it might not be made in that. I've never heard of like a PlayStation proprietary engine being used in an exclusive somewhere else. So I don't know. Um, I
3: loved how they started this press conference and they're like everything that we have here you're going to be able to play within the next year. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then they did that announcement which you're kind like of like went, what? Like <laughs> right. I was like, "Okay, uh, I'm glad I'm glad we just know for, to set the record straight because there have been rumors about this that like okay, there is something planned. But yeah, there was nothing there to really know or take away from it other than they are collaborating together. I yeah.
2: That's a good was, point.
5: I was thinking about this, like, because they did that whole thing where they're like, you'll be able to play all these games in a year. And it's like, no, we won't. Like, we won't. <laughs> Which but, games, well, do, you are Which some... games but, do you think are slipping? Uh, well, will get delayed. Which games do you think so big? Well, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just that I've covered this industry long enough to know. Ben um, Diesel. But <laughs> it did make me wonder, like, okay, was the Kojima thing included in that? And what if he's making just, like, a one to two hour long thing? for xbox you know what i'm saying like
4: a like, movie yeah i'm
5: um, a, it's a movie or game. like
3: i don't it's know exciting. like
5: i mean like pt not mm-hmm. the greatest example but for lack of a better one was just like a little thing he directed obviously it was for something bigger but like is he making something on that scale like a little 15 dollar mm-hmm. thing where you play it for an hour or two and it's like oh wow this is awesome i wish more companies did that in general
2: i mean that's a good point kim you bring you up in the beginning when they're like yeah everything you're gonna play is gonna be in the next year because when I think of Hideo Kojima's new game, I always think, oh, yeah, I'll be playing that within a year. Yep. <laughs> Next <laughs> March, maybe. I do I think.
5: Mean, but that's what made me think is like, OK, is it going to be like a really short, truncated little experiential type thing? That would be awesome. I would be super into that. If right? I've learned
3: anything about Kojima, he's always the exception to the rule. That's all I'm true. saying. <laughs> yeah,
5: that's true. But Death think- Stranding didn't take like an excessive amount of time. No, it, had, no, it like, didn't a take as long standard as. It Yeah. a fairly standard development process.
0: Yeah. I I do think it's smart messaging on Microsoft's part, mainly because even if you can say that now, right? All these games within a year, even if it's not fully true, they're still going to hit within 16, 18 months, right? But you kind of reset the clock for yourself now because like, you know, I feel like the, 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 the timeframe is important than that too, because like we, okay. So the presumption now is we just know what June up to June, 2023 is going to look like. That doesn't mean they don't have gear six waiting for next year. That doesn't mean Fable or Avowed aren't coming next year, right? It's just they're not talking about it yet. And then when they do finally talk about it, it's like, cool, instead of six years, you now have to wait six months. And I think that's really smart on, on their part, even if Diablo 4 doesn't come out by may of of 2023 which i do not think that is uh coming out Uh,
2: thanks for reminding me that we're not getting gear six within the next year
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean you don't know like well no coalition's
5: making a whole different thing right now unless they have an a and b team they're they've like announced their other game they've showed a tech demo for it but that was just a test unreal i thought no they're making that okay yeah like gear six is not their next game Unless I'm wrong, you know, so I mean, they could have multiple
3: teams. A lot of these studios do. And but I was I'm thinking about this more and more because, you know, in the older era, I guess we'll call it is we got game announcements and like they weren't coming for a long time. And we just Mm -hmm. were like, oh, cool. I like knowing that a game is being worked on. Like, I like that. I know that, you know, the next Elder Scrolls is in development, but. I also don't like these long waits and this comes from a Kingdom Hearts fan of just having something announced and then not knowing you're not going to play it anytime soon either. Like, I like this approach Uh, of being like, as you're saying, Alex, we see this, we know at least it'll come in the year. And if it doesn't, it's probably not going to get pushed back ginormously like years. It's probably just going like... I do like that approach, but I also like to know, like I said, that some of my favorite series are, you know, like I like to know I'm probably not going to play, like I said, the new Dragon Age for a while or, you know, Mm. another Mass Effect. But I like just knowing that like, okay, they're being worked on, rest assured, they're coming and we'll show them to you when we have substantial stuff to show. I just like the the messaging. I don't need a big flashy trailer. I don't need anything like they can just announce it on a blog for all I care yeah. just so I know. And, and then at the shows really show something when you have it so you can you know get start getting feedback from like people too on like what's looking cool about the game, what fans reservations and all that.
0: Right. I mean that's what movies do, right? We've known yeah. Blade is coming for the last 3 years or something like that, you know what I mean? Like we know a lot of the Star Wars stuff like Movies are just like, yep, of course the sequel is being worked on. Like, you know, you're just not going to get the trailer for it for another two years or something like that. Like, yeah. it's why, not so random, but like the Barbie movie, right? Shout out Greta Gerwig. We're yeah. getting stills from that and images from that. It's still over a year away. It's like, yeah. What What, yeah. I mean, what is taking so long in the Barbie been, movie? Yeah. The
2: game industry has always been probably overly secretive, like too secretive yes. for mm-hmm. its own good. Mm-hmm. You know, to bring it full circle, wasn't it
5: the Fallout 4 announcement that kind of bucked that trend of like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can play this game in nine years because that was like six months, right? From Yeah, an yeah that's, release. That,
2: that's why I was convinced that Starfield would make its oh. date because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, because people are like, oh, they're not showing it. And I was like, oh, they're going to do the Fallout 4 thing where we don't see yeah. anything until E3 and then it comes out like four months later.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I thought so, too. But man, yeah.
1: Well, let's get into real quick uh, the highlight from the Capcom showcase. We're going to talk about Monster Hunter today um just for the sake of time but we are going to talk about some resident evil yeah so we haven't had blake's reaction on the podcast yet to the resident evil 4 news um about the remake coming blake how you feeling you know what's funny is
5: we all knew this was coming long long rumored often leaked resident evil 4 remake was not prepared for how genuinely excited i was was gonna be (laughs) when they announced this i became a freak for this i was watching youtube trailer breakdowns like easter eggs you missed all of them garbage they didn't they just clickbait out the wazoo uh, it's a minefield out here besides an so evil right? fan besides ours people tried to come in the comments and be like oh blake's wrong that's actually ada wong in the beginning it's not it's actually graham if you're gonna fact check me get your facts straight uh, <laughs> yeah. no i was a total freak for this i'm so excited i um actually it, it sent me into a Resident Evil mood. I uh, replayed a bunch of Resident Evil 2 remake. I went and bought nice. Res. Yeah, I went and bought Resident Evil 3 remake. I never played it. Uh, that's a bad Ooh. game, but I had a lot of fun playing it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it felt like the video game equivalent of like a shitty horror movie. Where you're like, ah, it's still fun. It's still worth it. Uh, but man, I'm so excited. I think there's a lot of interesting things going on in that trailer. I have a lot of my own fan theories, which mm. I don't know if I've ever had a fan theory in my life until now but looks good on you you guys a
3: fanfic
2: <laughs> not uh this is a pg show we can't talk yeah. about you're <laughs> <laughs> one of those weirdos that ships leon and ashley
5: no leon and louise um but no, it's, it's awesome. They showed gameplay. I kind of wish they wouldn't have. It was just like, here's Leon walking for 10 seconds. It's like, I know what that looks like. You could have re- just remastered. Like, walk. You didn't yet. have to do this whole build. I'm going to show the gameplay. And it's like, he just kind of walks for a second. They're like, wasn't that great. And it's like, it wasn't, um, I, I didn't need to see that, but the trailer looks awesome. Um, it seems like they're kind of expanding the story to more, um, coherently bridge the gap between raccoon city raccoon city resident evil two and three and kind of the explosion of raccoon city and why a cop that only worked one day on the job inexplicably became the president's bodyguard i'm sure that'll still be nonsense yeah. but it will That's be nice
3: resident evil, though. yeah
1: it'll Pretty be nice that you know like
2: yeah. it'll it'll be nice for them to expand the nonsense because um, because the idea is that this uh, remake of four is te- it's a sequel to like Resident Evil two remake, mm-hmm. right? Like yep. the the retelling of those yeah. two games. It's following that. It's not straight up. Yeah. You know, it's kind yeah. of like
5: a new canon almost or a, yeah, new, like a new timeline. timeline. Yeah. Um, and, and like Leon does directly address Resident Evil 2's events in the trailer. Um, I hope they keep It seems like they're they're playing it more straight laced closer to just like a standard horror game which i think is awesome um i wish the original resident evil 4 was a little scarier uh but i hope they don't take out the weirdo sh- in that game like if they, yeah if, if that bitch statue that <laughs> chases you is not in the remake <laughs> i will i will tank its metacritic score i'll oh, tell you yeah. that right <laughs> now <laughs> um, oh,
2: burners out baby yeah can you imagine how or even more terrifying, the regenerators are going to be in this. Oh stream. sure, yeah. I was to me they are the scariest thing in regular four.
5: Yeah, people always hate on the last third of Resident Evil Four, uh, if, and forgetting that's where the regenerators are, which is like they're the terrifying part of the game. Yeah, <laughs>
4: um,
5: but that's all I got on it, and I'm excited. March is uh, feels like forever away.
1: Not too much longer. What do you got? So, uh, yeah. Maybe it is longer than I thought. Yeah.
2: They yeah. are doing like, really well with the cadence because that's like that's always mm-hmm. been the same time frame for I was gonna say just the remakes, but I think all the Resident Evil yeah. games since seven have all been like springtime. Like they've got yeah. they've got that formula down, it seems March yeah. is
3: like their month.
2: hmm But like uh, I love Resident Evil. I'm glad
5: that they're doing it. I I'm almost always historically down on annualized series until they start doing resident evil every year and i'm like let's go i'm a little freak for those games
2: yeah they i mean i'm super psyched for this like four i mean i think it's a surprise four is a great game that is one of my favorite (laughs) games especially if it's generation uh so and you know and i was one of the people that were like yeah i mean it'd be cool if they did a remake but you know four still holds up i'd rather Mm -hmm. them do maybe like code veronica or something and Mm -hmm. i still want i hope they do go back and do that after this um but then you see it, and then you almost feel like you know you're eating your words a little you're bit. You're like, I or, want it. Yeah, I you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of like, you. okay, Capcom, <laughs> you got me. Um, I and but I think because that game has aged pretty well, mm-hmm. it makes me excited to see how they make it even better
1: because
2: mm-hmm. they don't really have to. At least I would assume they don't really have to touch it up nearly as much as two and three. Uh, and like we were talking about the story stuff before, I'm curious to see how they mix it up is like seeing uh because ada was in that trailer from what i remember right yeah she Um, is wondering if like oh did they combine her like her like separate side story from original four? do they just weave that as part of the narrative now and just have you switch between the two
5: i would assume Uh, so because ada is playable in resident evil 2 remakes so there's some precedent of just like folding her in i also like think ashley will be more expanded she's playable in the original but only very briefly um i think we'll get more time with her and then i also think louise is going to be playable i think we're going to have four playable characters and they're going to be the four central protagonists of the game that's my fan theory capcom
3: you- let four me know right. yeah oh yeah
2: that's mm. the four yeah mm-hmm. oh i'm also i'm so excited to see how they address the actually stuff like 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 reworking that much because you know i was like this is like their redemption story almost of like we get to go back and make this better i want to see like do they just take that out entirely and just have like (laughs) they like condense it somehow to like cutscenes of her falling around but she's not there or do they just rework it to where she's just a far more competent ai (laughs) you know uh i mean they've got so many better examples in the time since then between like the last of us and like you know maybe bioshock infinite so but yeah, I'm yeah. on. That might be the thing I'm most excited to see is how they redo and improve that section.
5: I think the uh, the the GameCube demo, as we'll call it, is gonna be terrifying. It's like still really tense. No matter how many times I play it, like you you make one wrong move in that opening village section, and it's just game over for you. And I'm like, man, they're gonna modernize that and make it so much harder. By like modern standards, it's gonna be the scariest thing i've ever played probably
2: since the last resident evil remake no have way. they ever because i haven't played every re-release of resident evil 4 but you probably have played or most of them have they no. ever patched like have they ever patched in to be able to, uh, the ability to move and shoot no um like, the there might be like mods but the only
5: thing i can think of officially and i've not played all of the weird ports of it but the only one i can think of officially is the vr Uh, one that came out last year you can move and shoot in that and it makes that game like way cooler but i think the fluidity of motion will not be the same in this remake because in the vr one you almost feel like bayonetta or john wick the way you flow through (laughs) these levels and i cannot imagine that's how this remake's gonna play but Mm -hmm. well i ask because it's like they have that has to be the case for this right like there's no way oh sure Yeah, I think Resident Evil's, like, long abandoned
2: that ever since. I mean, they abandoned it with 5 no six, six. Or six was the one, you're right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it didn't take that long for them, because, yeah, that's the other big thing that's going to make this difference, having to basically rework those encounters to Mm -hmm. accommodate for the fact that you're a lot more mobile.
5: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, because it's like, technically, I say as someone who's not a game developer, they don't have to remake... Things I think as hardcore as they had to a two and three just to facilitate the difference in gameplay and like camera position, because obviously Resident Evil Four kind of pioneered what they had to remake in two and three, or what the, what the remake did in two and three. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like what is kept one to one and what is modernized or what's changed wholesale. I'm down for whatever as long as they keep that big statue in it. That's the only thing I don't <laughs> want changed. I love that big statue so much.
1: Well, real quick, uh, we did get more news. Resident Evil Village Gold Edition is coming. It's bringing new story content, uh, mm. DLC from the perspective of Rose. I'm ex- uh, so
3: excited for that. Sorry. I'm
1: shocked am, that they're addressing I'm that. Same. So soon, I, am, I thought that'd
5: be RE9. Right? I thought it was wild they're remaking Rule of Rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> <you
2: said.
0: laughs> oh yeah, yes! That
4: <laughs> was, really, whoo, that
2: really expensive do. PlayStation wow. game that five people played. I do.
1: Uh, the yeah. expansion is going to be called Shadows of Rose, uh, puts Rose in the lead um, for more of a uh, mind, as Reiner puts it in the article, mind bending journey of discovery. Um, we, we're also getting a third person mode for Resident yep. Evil Village, which I'm actually I might replay that uh, in third yeah. person. Yeah. And Rose's, really
0: cool. Rose's story is exclusively in third yeah yeah not,
1: yeah, yeah, not yeah. Going first oh back. i yeah. missed that mm-hmm. yep um we're getting more additions to the uh the shooty mode. mercenaries um new missions playable characters you're getting to get to play chris redfield uh lady d uh heisenberg Wait,
0: what? yeah
1: yeah yeah you can play lady demetresque oh, and wow. uh yeah as well as alcina so it's gonna be uh, a time can
2: you, can you play as that giant baby
1: god i hope
5: you know what was interesting about the rule of rose dlc was there's a quick shot of the duke and he apparently he appears to be a bad guy now
2: so i he has wonder like what a persona happened a
0: mask on like yeah right? i yeah. wonder what happened in those like, last
2: the, the, the heel turn finally happened that we kept like, was waiting for in village and never came i'm right, very it, very
0: curious about that but is it yeah i because as they pointed out it is like more um, a mental adventure it sounded like like she's like in her mind trying to like get rid of her powers so is it like is that just like a
2: because like, I was going to ask well, like yeah. does she use a gun do you yeah. think or does she just use her weird you see her weird she powers? has a gun in the trailer oh, so I haven't seen it. the trailer yeah. by the way I've mm-hmm, only gosh. read just because I was not present for the showcase I only read the articles but right okay but okay so yeah.
1: I'm excited to see uh, Ethan's face finally They've been teasing it for so long, you know?
2: It's he just, better have, like, the coolest face, facial features to make you go, like, wow, what a reveal. Like, it better be, like...
1: I want him to be hideous. He's just, he's just
2: a white he's guy. He's not going
3: to be a Chris or Leon. I'm just telling you. He needs, just, like, a
2: scar or something. Look out, like, Look <laughs>
0: outside. You'll see plenty of the white guys walk around. That Everyone's <laughs> out
3: like, Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, he may as well just blur him out anyway. Like, every time you swing the camera, his face is still blurred out. So that's just what. That's just how he actually looks to people. And people just don't comment on it. <laughs> they're just like, okay, this is what Mia kisses every night. Is this <laughs> <I'm> like, man. <laughs> Did we bring up that they're putting it in VR as well?
1: No. Yeah. PSVR 2.
2: So heck? Heck? Which one of you guys are going to play that? I'd rather die. Me.
3: We film Alex playing it. Um, yes.
2: Yeah. I think we need to. It's just sent to the yeah. hospital. <laughs>
1: You've like, already beaten it. You know it's coming. I don't
2: want Yeah. It. But that game, it still that
0: can be house. scary. Dude. That no, like, I genuinely person. could I'll not Or I guess
2: in VR. Yeah. But
0: i uh, I think a better video would be me playing Biohazard because I've never played that game, and that looks just mortifying. You, still way you way. should
2: like seven know. No. You should no. play
5: that in VR because you want to talk about an oppressive horror That's game. what I'm saying. Like- Biohazard makes you feel bad. Yeah. I don't know like, how else to explain it. You play it and you feel bad.
2: Right. You feel like that fight or flight of like, I really yeah. just, I cannot be in this house. I need to get yeah. out of here. <laughs> you know. know, the scene in seven where the guy is like, in
5: the the interrogation room screaming and mm-hmm. you feel oh. just like the humanity is left this man that's what it feels like to play parts of <laughs> resident For Evil 10 7. hours
0: yeah that sounds yeah. really great i'm excited to resident put Evil, that like, on my face yeah. the rest the
5: rest of the resident evils even at their scariest it's like fun scary and seven it's is just like
2: Nihilistic, how right. <laughs> like Yeah, that should be the quote. By the way, Alex, in front of VR, just like, "What put Resident Evil on your <laughs> face?" <laughs> face.
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, well yeah. that is topic of the week, Alex. You want to take a quick break and come on back? Sure. Let's do it.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no. no.
0: welcome back to the gi show uh we actually have a playlist this week which is the first time it feels like in many shows but that's because we did like three or four shows last week and into this week so let's kick it off. and really great things to report on here marcus stewart you review teenage mutant ninja turtles shredders revenge for us and tell me my friend how was it
2: man you know some games that you play it you can't even articulate how just like purely fun it is like you always try to find like there must be like a bit more artsy or profound way to describe the joy I'm feeling, but some games just like nah, this is just fun, and that's all there is to it, right? That and is that's all
3: you want to hear, right? Yeah, is that a game exactly. Fun? Yeah.
2: Ideally, at least I hope so.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> I play games to torture myself. <laughs>
2: well, yeah, but like, Resident Evil Seven Biohazard, apparently.
4: <laughs> <that's> <laughs> Your joy, the thrill
3: of a scare, but yeah, no, I've been looking forward to this game and. As Turtle fans, Marcus did such a good job in his review, by the way, of just capturing like it's got the nostalgia and you just made me so excited to play this. I can't even articulate oh, yeah. it right now. I'm just like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, I guess, out uh, today as if, if you're listening to it. Uh, wow. And yeah, it is a, if you're not familiar, it is a six player co-op beat uh, beat 'em up that is inspired by the 1987 TMNT cartoons specifically. So it's those, like, versions of the characters in terms of the art, and they even got the original voice actors for the Turtles to uh, reprise their roles for this game. And it's basically a throwback to the the glory days of Ninja Turtles games, of, like, whether it's the 1989 arcade game or Turtles in Time, Hyperstone Heist, if you played on Genesis, And and pretty much the... The premise for like uh, or uh, developer tribute games and .emu, the mission statements, like what if we made a new one of those, but like better. And that is exactly what they did. This game is an absolute blast to play either by yourself or with uh, if you can get a full party of, of six or five. Like, you know, we did here at Game Informer to help me out nope. with the review and we were just having just an absolute blast, just kicking some shell together. It was so fun. <laughs> I was sad we had to stop playing. Well, you know, the game's still around. We can keep playing. Nope, they, they cut us off. It's done. <laughs> they took our copies back. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's just a very well-made one of those. You know, it's not trying to reinvent the wheel. It knows what it is, and it just executes the basic beat-em-up idea really well. The combat feels great. Yes, it's simple in that you're mashing the same attack button to do combos, but they actually weave in... A little bit of depth because you have these aerial attacks. You've got sliding attacks. You have a dodge, which is actually really crucial because you there's a lot of uh, shielded foes that you need to flip behind. And a lot of people are throwing projectiles and stuff. And it feels cool or cool to just flip past something and then chain into like a sliding attack and immediately retaliate. And even having an instant uh, recovery when you get knocked down. Like this game's all about like keeping you in the action.
3: Are there wow. items in the environment like in the other games that you can throw at the, at other enemies and stuff?
2: Is there? <laughs> you bet you're behind there is. There's and all how. kinds of like traps that like, and that's what it's cool about this game, because this game wants you to pay attention to the stages. One, because there's so many Easter eggs in terms of fan mm-hmm. service, like you see little things, and there's like, especially if you're playing the story mode where they hide like hidden characters from that show that you'll find it's like, oh, I broke down a door. And here's this character that I completely forgot existed because it's been so long since I watched that cartoon. But you're (laughs) like, oh, yeah, her. Wow. They what a what a deep cut that is. Uh, But, yeah, there's like fire hydrants you can break and, you know, the top will go flying and knock down three foot plan. And then the puddle that it creates, if people walk on it, they'll slip like bad guys. There's like um, cameras, like all kinds of stuff that you can hit and just, you know, knock over a bunch of dudes like bowling pins. It feels great uh there's you know you throw people into the screen which is you know an old throwback and throwing them into crates and other items there's special attacks there's different pizza power-ups like there's one that gives you infinite special meters you can just spam your finisher for a few seconds and you know the pal pizza which you know does that spinning attack where you're just going around and you're just sending dudes flying it's just it's such a fun game. And I, you know, this game, like I said, it's fun to play by yourself, but I recommend playing it with at least one other person because that's where these games always shine, right? When you have like mm-hmm. a party of friends and you're just like, yeah, let's just get in there and let's just clobber these foot soldiers and you're arguing about who's going to be who, which, you know, Donatello guy here. Mikey. Um, I, Leo. I'm Mikey, you. Okay. Shout out. Blake, See, who are you? Who's your, who's your turtle? Shredder. Oh. tracks. <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm surprised uh blake reminds me of a casey jones
5: no wait wait oh, yeah. hold on hmm. wait who's the mouse splinter splinter i'm a little rat, a little oh. rat boy. yeah
3: <laughs> why i perked cool. up and have been so excited because like these games are so attached to my childhood like i played the nintendo uh teenage Mutant ninja turtles with my friends like all the time like that's what i grew up in and then the arcades when i'd go to the arcades i always had to play the turtle games i mean me and my brothers were big ninja turtle fans but like just hearing you talk about this like my face is just beaming i'm just so excited to play this game and it's
2: a beefy game like you know it, these games are never really that long and that's mm-hmm. usually for a good reason because you are more or less doing the same thing over yeah. and over just through different stages but i'd say cuz there's two modes there's like standard arcade mode and then there's a story mode which is in objective based version of arcade where you go to stages on a world map kind of like Mario World style and there's like every stage has a, a list of tasks like oh don't get hit for the entire stage or execute five special attacks and you get points to level up the character and you unlock new moves and if you're playing arcade all those moves are already unlocked by default but oh. here it kind of has like a sense of progression of like oh i now have an aerial special that i didn't have before so You know, it's not like a huge difference, but it's enough of a difference to make replaying. Like if you want to replay the game again, like, oh, I'll do it through story mode this time. Because that's also where a lot of the references or extra references are because uh, you're finding side characters in the environment that then become quest givers. And all the quests are the same, which I'm a little bummed about because they're all just like, oh, like find my collectible in this stage, like uh, Vernon, the news guy from the old show, who's basically the J. Jonah Jameson of (laughs) of Ninja Turtles. He's like, oh yeah, find all my... Uh, VHS tapes that are hidden throughout the different levels. There are uh, Irma's in this game. She's like, find my secret diaries. So it's like pretty much just variations of that. But it's cool to, I guess, see those characters again.
3: Is story just single player or can you?
2: No, no, no. You can go through it. Okay, cool. Yeah, which will be probably where a lot of fights will start because you know how contentious beat em ups can be normally but yep. when you're trying to complete objectives and you're the friend that blows it for everybody <laughs> you're like all right guys we can't get
4: probably hit me. <laughs> you know
2: there's like avoid three stage obstacles all right we did it and then you're the one that's just hitting every one that comes your way and you're like all right I guess we're restarting the stages we're trying to go for a perfect run um so but you know that should at least lead to some good last but there's a lot of stages there's over a dozen stages in the game i won't say how many there are because then you get into a little spoiler territory but i mean more than 12 is a lot like that's double the size usually those games are uh and yeah i probably got through it in, like two and a half hours so like that's like a fun evening if you just play through it straight you know yeah and if you're thorough and yeah it's just oh the soundtrack i want to call out too the soundtrack composed by Lopes, which i don't know if you guys are Lopes fans i love him he's uh he's a great uh retro Soundtrack. He actually did a lot of, he's got big from doing a lot of Sonic remixes. Like he did the Sonic Mania soundtrack. Oh, cool. And before that, he was big on YouTube for doing a lot of Sonic stuff. So he's kind of become the go to guy for like, hey, we got a retro inspired thing. Can you just do some cool original music or remixes of classic stuff? And he knocks it out of the park with this. There's that Wu Tang song that became a news story recently that is put to get use in this game in a way I won't spoil. They but kept the, telling
0: y'all Wu-Tang is for the children,
2: and here it is in TNT. Yep. It finally paid off, and yep. this, they, they, they used it in an appropriate stage, I will say that.
3: Is Vanilla <laughs> uh, Ice in it?
2: You know, no. I was uh, wondering if there'd be any... There are references to the movies, though, believe it or not. Yeah. It's not just the show. There are some... There are a couple of really fun references to those live-action movies that I was very happy to see. <laughs> so uh at least those are there but yeah man this is just this is pretty much just they did what i wanted this game mm-hmm. to be i was like i just want a really polished classic throwback tmnt that reminds me of my childhood but still feels like a modern game and this checked all the boxes i'm excited to replay it pretty much multiple times with different friend groups you know whether it's you guys or other friends uh i think it's great it, it, it's the first great turtles game in a very long time
1: Awesome. How's it feel to to play a Turtles arcade game that isn't designed to suck up coins?
2: Um so Is that different... weird
1: or did you feel like it felt the same in that way or Well, there's different difficulties.
2: So you can have it be as easy or as hard as you want. There's what three.
3: difficulty do you recommend people play on?
2: I mean, I play normal like I do for like ninety nine percent of games, especially if I'm mm-hmm. reviewing them, because mm-hmm. you know I see it yeah. as like, oh, this is the developer intended experience, right? Um, and I'd say playing on normal, it was, it was, chal- it was like fine, like you'll get through it pretty easy. I, I I died a couple times, but I never got game over. You know, it's just like, oh, this boss fight. You know, I lost a life to him, maybe two at most, but mm-hmm. you know, you get through it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I am curious. I want to go back and play it on gnarly which is the sounds the like guilty.
3: somebody's ready for gnarly mode
2: yeah, yeah I, no. I do want to i want to get gnarly with Shredder's <laughs> revenge and see how that is but i mean you can also like unlike the old games you can revive teammates when they get downed so like you know this game is not out to get you <laughs> in terms mm-hmm. of your wallet or anything like that they, they they cater to different skill levels so if you want to sure. play with young kids maybe play it on easy mode so they can get through it yeah for me, as a non-TNT fan, and I did the capture for the video, I'm very much
0: enjoying it. It's uh, it's not many things can take me away from Rogue Legacy right now, and this is definitely one of them. So um, be sure to check it out. Uh, check out Marcus's awesome review on GameInformer.com and the video review on YouTube.com slash GameInformer. Marcus, what did you give TMNT Shredder's Revenge? I gave it an 8.75 out of 10. It's a good score to me. Yeah. It's a real good score.
2: So. Cool, and maybe streaming it at some point. Yeah, we might stream it tomorrow. I'm gonna to uh-huh. see about that. I would like to be able to stream it with one other person because why not? Yeah, um, I th- I want to point out too. I know this is kind of an um I don't want to say berry detail, but I don't think it's out there. Uh, crossplay, and I know we had this problem. When we were trying to play, so I put a note in my review to clarify. So this game does have crossplay. However, at launch there's only crossplay between Xbox and PC mm. which is Steam oh. and Windows. Gotcha. Uh, they're working on crossplay between all the consoles, but that's going to come later. Mm-hmm. So just keep in mind if you're going to buy this game and you're trying to figure out between your friends like what do we buy it on basically? If you are thinking of playing on different platforms, PC and Xbox only, if you if you play on PlayStation or Switch, you can only play with, you know, friends on the same platform. Mm-hmm. So
0: for that's now. That's a good call out. Yeah.
2: Just keep in mind.
0: For sure. Cool. Well, yeah, be sure to check all that out. I don't have a joke for this. I don't know. Go ninja,
3: to go, go ninja, go
2: ninja, go. <laughs> go, go. Get, get <laughs> out of here, Marcus, I guess. Yeah. Is that what we're going with? Or yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> Bye, Marcus.
0: And then there were four. We've been, we've been ticking them off one by one here, folks. But the, the show goes on. Blake Hester, look at you. You've been What's patient. That? kind young man down there yeah very very passionate king i don't know where i'm going with this you oh, have a game that you are very excited about if i'm right. not mistaken uh you yeah. got to review neon white and i'm That's dying right? to hear about it i'm dying That's... to hear about it tell the people yes sir
5: this is a new game from ben esposito longtime game maker music maker all around seems like affable human being uh perhaps Most well-known for Donut County, a game I think uh, doesn't get a fair shake for just being awesome. It's so Uh, good. And granted, Ben, uh, not the sole developer of this one, worked with Angel Matrix, I believe, is a maybe a team he put together. I'm actually a little unclear on that. Um, Anyway, it's the new game from Ben Esposito and Crew. It is, uh, I would say wholly unique at least in the last 10 to 15 years in its uh its aesthetic and maybe not gameplay but it is a it's a it's a first person shooter essentially first person shooter platformer built around the idea of speed running it is uh and to shout out eric van allen at destructoid in his review he said it was like a game that teaches you how to actually speed run games which i thought was really interesting yeah and I think it is uh, without question, succeeds at doing what it sets out to in just the best possible form and fashion. um the the basic conceit, like that that's the elevator pitch. is there? Uh, I want to say ninety to one hundred levels, maybe plus or minus a few. I'm not exactly sure. All with rare exception can be beat under one minute. Some. If you really get good, can be beat within 10 seconds. Wow. And you just play through an individual level, trying to get the best times possible. And of course, you know, they have, you can get a bronze rank or a silver, gold, and then ace. Um, I think the draw of this game is one, gonna be phenomenal gameplay just to get it out of the way. It feels fantastic. It feels as fast as you want, it feels as fluid as you want. I think the the draw of the game is going to come twofold. One is going to be it's like one gameplay quirk, which it's it's first-person shooter. It has guns. Uh, you shoot them. That's great. Cool. You know, pistol, shotgun, whatever, SMG. Uh, but you pick them up via card string throughout a level. And the cool thing it does with its gameplay is on top of just feeling fast and fun is you have this discard option, which gives you platforming advantages. So like, for example, the pistol... Uh, gives you like a double jump. The rifle shoots you straight ahead. The SMG like gives you a ground pound. And then you start to. I I, I don't want to say there's like one solution to get through a level. Because you kind of build your own solutions based around. The card system and finding your own route to get to the end the quickest. And it just feels so good doing it. I think the big draw of Neon White, on top of the gameplay, feeling great, it has that card system, which is just a ball, is uh, the whole vibe, aesthetic, tone of this game, which in my review I said uh, feels like the shirt aisle. Of a hot topic in the anime aisle of a Suncoast video, if you remember those places, just collided into each other. It um it is very reminiscent of. It, it feels like you play it and you feel nostalgic for Neon White, even though it's the first of this thing. Like you play it, and be like, oh yeah, I remember watching Neon White at like eleven thirty p.m. on Toonami, or like I remember <laughs> Capcom put out Neon White fifteen years ago. Like it feels like that of just like this this era than that we don't really get a ton of things from anymore. Like, like, uh, I know the creator of cowboy bebop has gone on to do other cool shows, but like, we've never gotten cowboy bebop season two or cowboy bebop, the movie too. We've never, I don't think. Gun...
4: <laughs>
5: right. I really yeah. I guess that's a good uh, good, good, good point.
3: <laughs> but like, you
5: know, like Capcom, I'm not to say Capcom puts out bad or uninteresting games, but like, they don't put out you know, they got, We don't get God hand two. You know what I'm saying? And neon white feels cut from that same cloth. The difference being it came out in 2022 and is made by a non-Japanese staff. Um, not to imply that it's only pulling from Japan. You know what I'm saying? Right, um, right, right. Yeah. But it's just like so awesome. And it sits in its own little corner right now or on its own island because, there, again, there just aren't games coming out that do that tone or at least do it well. I think the thing about neon white is it's a stupid, in a charming way, <laughs> that, well, which I think a lot of those shows and games are, I it was going to slams.
0: Yeah. I was going to say like, I, when you, when you were picked for the review, I was like, I, in my head, I was like, he's going to love gameplay. He's going to hate the story. Cause it was yeah. just talking heads and stuff like that. But that is not the case for this, right? The story yeah. is, is bad, but in a good way, it sounds like.
5: Yeah. I mean, it's annoying, but like it grew, it grew on me. Like it's, it's charming in a way that by the end I was like, God damn it, I do really like these characters and I am invested in them. If you read my preview from a few months ago, I kind of I would say was mean about the story in a way mean. I don't particularly care for. I wish I would have been a little nicer. Like but are you I...
3: ever mean? Come on.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um I uh so I was surprised that the story like landed with me. I, I think I needed it in context. Mm-hmm. And finally seeing in context, I'm like, yeah, this does suck. This writing is bad. But, like, that's the point, and it's funny, and it works. And now I like neon white, and I really like neon red, and neon yellow. Neon violet's never not annoying. But, like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I hate neon yellow. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, like, you just package that with a game that I genuinely don't know if I've had more fun playing a game in the past several years i'm not gonna say ever (laughs) Um, but in the past several years like just the baseline of this game is so fun it feels so good to just like run and jump, and then you mix in the whole card system and beating your own times and checking the leaderboards, especially during the review process where a lot of the people on the leaderboards are your friends or coworkers. You're like, ah, I kicked your ass, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so rad. Like every part of it just hits so, so hard. And this was one of my most anticipated games, top three between Ghostwire Stray and this. And like, could not be more smitten with how it turned out. Like, I was already looking forward to it, and it just feels like they knocked it out of the park on every conceivable level. It's insane, and like, to nail it home of the nearly 100 levels, I can only remember being frustrated with two, maybe three. Like, the it's absurd how well made it is. I just want to gush. Like, I'm there.
1: PR person or something. I'm gonna put me in the ring, Blake. Tag me in because I'm gonna gush get him, too. Get him, get him. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, it's incredible. It's it's everything I wanted it to be. Uh no, it's um, you know, I'm gonna be the guy that compares it to Mirror's Edge because that's the guy I am. Um, you know, anything that's first-person movement with white white shiny surfaces, it's Mirror's Edge to me, you know. Sure. Uh, and it rules. It is. I'm not as far as Blake. I'm about 30 missions, 30 levels in. Um. But oh my God. And I know I haven't even gotten to like the rocket launcher with the grappling hook and stuff. Like, I cannot wait, dude. Um, but I am smitten with the game. It's like I've been up to like 2 3 a.m. playing it the past couple nights. That's also why I'm tired on this episode. But it was for work, it's for the review. Um, yeah, man. It just it knocks it out of the park. I during the demo of the game, I skipped through every cutscene. And I have found myself cutting, skipping some of it too, because I just want like I want to get to the next level. But um, so there's there's three games that I have ever been interested in speedrunning. Uh, it's the Hitman trilogy, the World of Assassination trilogy, Mario Odyssey, and Neon White. And uh, yeah, it just it's so much fun. It's so well thought out. Um, I like how, you know, for instance, last night I played a, a level, and um, it's this. You start off on this uh, on the water, and one one of the rules of the game is that like, you always move faster on water. And so there might be a path through the level that takes you off the water, and like you'll follow that path for your first run, and then you're like, wait, I could probably shave off five seconds if I went off the beaten path and did it this way. Mm. And there'll be like as you the better you compete in each level, though you'll unlock like, hints and gifts for other characters and unlock new things to find in the level. Um, and it got to the point on this one level that I was 30 minutes in and just kept shaving more and more off my time. And I was finally number one on my friends list. I was number two on the world leaderboard. The only person above me was Ben Esposito. And I was like, but I, I saw that he had shaved off like 10 seconds off his score. And I was like, how the hell do I do this? Because I had maximized, optimized, whatever, the route, and I knew the route, and I perfected it. And I was like, "There's another way to do this, isn't there?" And I threw just my knowledge of the game and the mechanics. I was like, "Hold up, I bet I could break this game." So there's there's a certain uh, purple card in the game. It's the assault rifle, and when you you fire it, it's like a it's an AR, but the alt fire is this purple orb that goes out. And it explodes things. So you can use it to like break open doors or kill a big group of enemies. But if you stand on it, it's also like shoots you. Like if you jump in and throw it on the ground, it'll shoot you and catapult you up into the air. And I was like, hold on a second. I've got two of these cards. What happens if I shoot down both projectiles onto the ground? And I did that and lo and behold, it shoots you double as high. And so I ended up just like, Instead of a level that took me twenty five seconds to complete, I narrowed my time down to like eleven seconds because I just like I would gra I like would get this one card double down, shoot up, and I'm literally shooting over the entire map up to the finish line to speed run this thing and, it was, and that was the moment the game really clicked for me. I was like, holy cow, like I had no proper information. there was no thing pointing me in this direction. I simply saw somebody else's score and knew I could do it quicker and I had the tools I needed to do it, obviously, because everyone's on the same playing field. And I just figured it out. And it that was just so freaking cool.
5: Yeah, I think the thing that's like incredible about it is that is what you'll learn playing a level in 15 to 20 minutes, not days or weeks or months of learning how to speed run. Like you mm-hmm. see those YouTube videos of like dishonored and doom the doom yeah specifically comes self gamer br on youtube exactly like i would almost guess that the development team of neon white watched speedruns of dishonored and doom when they made this game because it feels like those two specifically yeah. but like the fact that you're doing that within a level in 20 minutes is like incredible that's that is like a damn masterclass in level design and like teaching mechanics to people you know what i'm saying yeah like to to make a game feel that way from its foundation is insane to me
1: yep beautiful game beautiful it it rules i uh easily one of my favorites of the year yeah it makes elden ring look like a chump (laughs) i mean honestly i have my i like have whenever i play a new game i situate my top 10 for the year just because it's i have less to worry about at the end of the year and i've got question marks next to elden ring and neon white um both love both of those games obviously but it's yeah yeah it's it's a really good game man okay
5: i think also if you grew up if you're like my age and you grew up like as they like to call them the scene kids or whatever if that if you grew up in that world you know listen to like bands like drop dead gorgeous and like duck duck goose and went to taste of chaos and whatnot when you play this game, you're going to lose your freaking mind. You're going to be like, I cannot believe they made a game for people that grew up on MySpace. And by <laughs> God, they did. It is <laughs> unbelievable. If you're nostalgic are. for like Linkin Park AMV setting yeah. up like a Bleach GBZ. or something, when you play Neon White, you're going to be like, I can't believe Someone made a game for me. Finally, they stopped making a game for people who want to join the military and made a game for the real soldiers out there. The MC Army. The Michael Gromance Army. You know, I knew
0: where you were going with. <laughs> oh
5: my goodness. It's awesome. It's awesome. I wish more games were like this. Um, no, actually, I don't. You know I'm glad that Neon White's kind of on its own island. It feels so, so special, special yeah. that we got a game like this. For um, sure.
0: That's what all I gotta you, say about it. What did you give this this game? Mmm.
5: Gave it a 6.75, you know, it just couldn't meet, just re- okay. meet, meet re- couldn't meet the mark. Uh, no, I gave it a 9.5. Uh, wow. Which is wow. the highest I've ever given a game in my professional career. I, I want to caveat that because I know when I was like writing at my personal blog I scored things like way higher ten already. out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, Wait, I, I was gonna say
0: that can't go way higher. It's yeah, almost well, I, I
5: think I I think I gave three force home a 10 out of 10 on my personal blog which good game. Shouts yeah, out, yeah. Shots out to that game. Okay. Uh but in my professional paid career this is the highest I've ever scored a game and I stand by it. And if okay. you held if you held my feet to the fire and you'd be like, what did what did you deduct that point five for? I'm not sure I could tell you. So maybe there's a universe where I gave this a 10. I don't know. But well, published now <laughs> uh, <laughs> there it is yeah yeah it's it's phenomenal man it's it's bafflingly good the game looked good right. i wasn't expecting to like be blown lose away by my it. damn yeah. mind there was a point this game was so good i started to second guess myself i was like there's no way and i've talked to diego arguello shouts out a uh, longtime freelancer founder of end of the spy and i was like diego i just need you to tell me is it really that good he's like yeah man i was like okay thank god because <laughs> i was worried i was gonna be that one dude who like gives a 9.5 and everyone else gives like, <laughs> like a like six a or yeah, something you know
0: right. <gasps> not <the gasps> case. luckily not the case yeah um, but you would have stood by it regardless yeah because the game is, is good game. and i'm good smart game. Yes, i've been are.
5: playing some other games
0: well you have to tweet about them because we got to keep this show on, the, on <laughs> can the i can here. i do a
5: like just a one second shout, yeah, shout out
0: Get a lightning round going. Have yeah.
5: y'all ever played Gravity Rush? Dude, yes. I
6: have not. I have <laughs>
5: Come
3: not. Come on, you're I... so late to the
5: game. <laughs> I know. I started this game last night.
6: Unbelievable.
5: Game's so cool. Uh, video games. Who knew? They're great. Who knew? Fun Who stuff. Who would have thunk
0: it? Not us. Tell you what. Uh, go to GameInformer.com. Read Blake's full review. I'm sure we'll have some sort of video content uh, with it, whether it's the video review or... Um, i don't know maybe a stream it seems like a good stream candidate um
5: yeah i so. would i wonder if i can stream that i probably can't
4: <laughs> well alice van, good. Yeah. Van, yeah.
5: yeah van aiken can i come to your apartment and stream it from your computer yeah,
0: yeah.
4: okay and yeah
0: kick, that'd be fun kick, kick me out <laughs> dude like, no. i'm a
5: yeah. i'm a pro at that game now i'm a little
1: sick there you go.
0: yeah all righty we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna get to housekeeping and community email be right back
1: Welcome back to the Game Informer show. We always start off housekeeping with a new podcast review, which you can leave on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This week's review comes from Kid Fiasco 30 with a five-star review saying, "I'm just here for the $2 leftover Walmart gift card, which uh, I promised viewers uh, a couple episodes ago. So, uh Kid Fiasco it's in the mail man. I I, I might have lied, it might only be $1.50. Um we'll find out. I hope you I hope you really get to splurge and and spend that." Um, but this podcast is really good for video conversation. You guys switch up more than others and keep up the good work. That was the rest of the review from kid fiasco kid fiasco. Thank you, uh, for legal purposes. uh, There is not a $2 Walmart gift card. That was a joke. Um, but, uh, yeah, thanks for, for taking time out of your day. Kid fiasco. It does help us out a lot and, uh, we appreciate you. So thank you for taking time to do that. Uh, we've got weekly streams this week. We're, we're going to be playing TMNT on Thursday. Twitch.tv slash Game Informer, 2 p.m. Central. We're also going to be playing some games on Friday. Super replay, Twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Again, 2 p.m. Central. Uh, every Thursday and Friday, you can find us there. Notable YouTube videos this week. We've got a ton of SGF videos, a lot of, lot of gameplay stuff. I've got a really awesome interview Um with Nakayama um and Shuhei Matsumoto uh from Street Fighter Six. I'm very excited about that. Uh turned out really great. So keep an eye out. That should be up uh maybe the day that this podcast goes live. Um so it's coming along really nicely. Uh we've got two videos reviews this week. We've got one for Neon White as well as one for um TMNT. So go watch those. Uh we got a lot of stuff coming next week as well. Um for can we tease what's coming, Alex?
0: If you like uh, faces that get bit off from, like, the back of the head down, you're going to enjoy these videos.
1: Yeah, if you like space horror, you're really going to like next week. Oh, what what about Martyrs?
0: Like, the people who die for a cause, or what?
1: You like biblical names, you're really going to like next week. Yeah, head stomps. uh, You like, you know, visceral, (laughs) limb-from-limb sort of gameplay should stay tuned next week.
0: I don't even How? know if you knew what you did there. What?
5: How wild is it? We're not allowed to cuss on this podcast, but...
3: You've done it like five <laughs> times because I've seen it, Alex. Also,
1: Alex, I did know what time. I just okay. did there. Thank you okay. very much. All right. I picked my words wisely. I never use the word visceral because it's overused, but I specifically mm. used it there.
5: Okay. Oh, yeah,
1: dude. Good one. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Um... <laughs> Social media plugs this week. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Kim, I want to plug real quick your interview. I know you mentioned it earlier. You kind of going out on a little bit of a bang. Uh, you made Nomura trend. You made Kingdom Hearts trend. Uh, we've been doing more uh, plugging of website features on the podcast lately. Just want to point everyone over there uh, to your piece. It's The headline is Nomura reveals more on Kingdom Hearts 4 and the series Future with Final Fantasy. Uh, it's an exclusive interview done by Kim. Uh, really well done. Um, great work, Kim. People should go read Thank that. Uh, social media plugs. You can follow Alex Stadnik at studnick 76 You can follow me, Alex Van Aken, at It's Van Aiken. Follow Blake at Metallica's Rad. Uh, follow Marcus Stewart at Marcus stewart 7 uh, And follow Brian Shea at Brian P. Shea. We've had so many people on the show this week. And, of course, follow Kim at at kstar1785. Uh, lastly, check out Video Gameography, all things Nintendo, and From Panel to Podcast, which are our other podcasts. Alex, let's get into listener questions. I'm so disappointed in you that you didn't read Blake's handle. It's at Radmier. It's
0: at G 42 today.
4: I wrote it and
0: he didn't say it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just go off
5: memory <laughs> for the handles. Uh. Sorry. It's okay. A- apparently not.
0: Apparently. minus mine is Jakob G42. Mm-hmm. Um, listener emails. This is the part of the show where y'all write into the show. Ask us questions. Have us play games. Uh, share your dreams, hopes, nightmares. Whole thing. And Alex Van Aken. Yes. They can either uh, send those in at podcastgameinformer.com or where else can they send in those questions?
1: To the official Game Informer community Discord. By, and you get that access to that by subscribing over on twitch.tv slash Game Informer. If you have issues getting in, just email me. Alex Fannikin at GameInformer.com. Just make sure your Twitch is linked to your Discord and our server should appear. Um, so, yeah, that's how you do it. Cool.
0: And we got a, a good crop this week, a, a focused crop on a certain someone. Uh, Blake Hester. Oh. Everyone, Everyone's dying to know about your favorite JRPGs. I uh, bet
5: uh, Persona 5. Okay. That's a, Not a bad pick. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I've only played like two JRPGs.
0: Yeah uh the discord community oh wait i have to keep my bit going actually uh persona 5 uh nonsense apparently i said one time so uh i'm gonna keep you really say going. that i think so yeah <laughs> I, think I, said, forget. I, I think i said like oh that persona nonsense and the discord has not let me forget it so i'm just uh, i'm not spending 3,000 hours playing a game it's just nonsense oh um,
5: well what about 120
0: well yeah maybe maybe when it comes to game pass anyways biscuits with davy writes in Says, if Kim had to make a game whose main character was Pancake, what would the game be in terms of general story premise and gameplay?
3: I love this. So Pancake, um, he loves to play fetch like he thinks he's a dog. Um, And so I think a good premise would be if Pancake lost his beloved ball and he'd have to go find it. But the key would be he would keep getting distracted. So like if he saw an insect, he would try to pounce on it. If he saw a bathtub, he'd go rolling around in it. And Pancake also loves cuddles. So I think if he saw another person, he'd be all like, you know, I'm going to get distracted by that. I might get distracted by a nap. And then also he would call in his friends Corvo and Totoro, which are Elise's two cats who come and visit him. And um, they would be like his help as he tries to get into mischief, navigate obstacles and find his beloved ball.
0: That's incredible. Is there is there voice acting in this game?
3: Uh, Just a bunch of pancake meows. He's pretty mouthy, but right now he's napping under my blanket. He is just a ball in my bed. And if I didn't see him do it, I would probably accidentally sit on him. So oh
5: no. Yeah. <laughs> I've done would, it
3: before.
5: Would Reagan show up at any point as a boss?
3: The pancake would
5: have to fight.
0: It's a good one.
3: Pancake's not a fighter though. That's the problem. That's why you'd have to call in other people to help him. Oh. Um, Pancake's scared of everything. Like he's scared of even stepping outside. So the big like challenge would be like, "Oh my gosh, I lost my ball and I have to step outside of the condo." Like that would be like it would be the first steps and him trying to accept this this world and reality that he's so terrified of
0: right could uh could hazel and wilson be like dlc characters alex yes you, would you let that would you let that happen yeah i guess <laughs> for
1: a price
3: we bring in all the gi pets to help pancake mm. get through his missions
1: yeah. Hell need yeah. the help. okay i like that
0: i uh when's the game coming out
3: uh we're gonna go with uh what xbox does and it's like <laughs> <laughs> this game's coming out in sometime in the next 12 months okay. get ready like for that. it yeah. get hype <laughs> i
0: like it uh next one comes from logan logan says uh what was your favorite game to cover and review uh kim we can start with you but this everyone can can answer this one
3: so reviews like for me in particular i get a lot of rpgs and they're very long and um it can be hard on a time crunch but one game in particular stands out to me as being like a longer game but not feeling that way and that was fire emblem three houses like i just tore through that and didn't put it down um Similarly, um, I just did Horizon Forbidden West for us, and that game I got through very quickly. Um, it didn't feel—I call them games that don't feel like work—because of the fact that they just they go by so quickly, and you don't you want to keep playing them. And um, you know, there's experiences that are like that, but those really stick out. And then doing The Witcher three in a week and like that not feeling like it was a week. Because that's all I wanted to do was play the game. So those are my my three.
4: Okay, cool.
0: Blake, I think if you have a, a favorite review game, great. But I know like you, Alex, and I haven't reviewed a ton of games comparatively. So if like this is one you you covered that you enjoy, that's fair game too.
5: I enjoyed covering Ghostwire Tokyo because I feel like I had the most expansive coverage of anyone else between that Akumi Nakamura feature and then. Uh, they were gracious enough to invite me to interview the director and producer multiple times. Mm-hmm. I think other press members also did, but I was among those that were invited back for a second interview and they said, your questions are interesting. And I was like, thanks. I try. <laughs> oh,
3: wait, wait. I have to add one thing to my answer. Cause I'm going to feel bad if I don't, um, Coverage-wise, Kingdom Hearts, just because the Kingdom Hearts fans are so enthusiastic and so appreciative of any information that you can get for them, so just shout out to them, because that literally was like an adrenaline rush to cover and just see how excited people were every time I posted new information or got out of an interview. Just wanted to say that.
0: Nice. Okay. VA, how about you?
1: Weirdly enough, I think uh, my favorite game that... well. Non-review-wise was Deathloop, working on that cover, um, coming up with ideas for videos. Um, my my video essay I did later on. I just really enjoyed covering that game. Uh, reviews. It was actually like probably Battlefield 2042. Uh, oh, I didn't really enjoy that game, but it was felt like my first. It was like the first big game I reviewed for Game Informer. I play. I did. Pokemon Unite before that which was much more enjoyable than Battlefield but Battlefield it was the whole shindig, you know three day event um, you know in the event with you know hundreds of of other people and people I recognized and just I felt like I also like play a lot of FPS games and had good criticisms and I felt like um, you know I was calling out things in the game but they are now updating now and changing things now and I felt like I was like, my, my critique was, um, you know, spot on, I think, for some of that stuff. And that felt good after the fact. I felt like, oh, yeah, I do. I have expertise in this. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was cool to see, like, I don't know how all that shook out. So that's probably my, my favorite coverage I've done for review-wise, just because it was more expansive. I felt like I was in my wheelhouse. Um, for sure. I wish the game was better right Um, it is a why
0: if you would have told me what a year ago or year and a half ago whatever it is that pokemon unite would be more fun than battlefield i would have said you are out of your goddamn mind like what is the future about to be but here we are so yeah um yeah uh for me i think it's the miles morales cover that we did uh last year that was a wild rush Uh, creating those videos, but also seeing the reaction on the internet. Mm -hmm. It felt like GI had its own corner of like the attention of like a certain corner of the, the internet, which was cool. I've never been a part of that. Cause like, you know, some of those videos did, you know, 3 million plus. I think it was more surprising when one of those gameplay videos didn't do a million or one of those interviews didn't do like a hundred thousand or whatever. So that was the first time I've been a part of that, but also too, it was kind of my first cover story in that way like doing interviews getting the gameplay like getting that out and uh, finding the best way to decipher that information or disseminate that information it was a lot of fun it was also intense though like it was a lot of of like quick decisions and me like editing like a fiend to try to get this out and and capitalize on on the moment so that was a lot of fun um and then uh review wise i think just reviewing the switch Pro was really or excuse me not the switch Pro. The uh, uh, Switch OLED was a lot of fun, um, just because I hadn't done a console review before. Every review I've done has has been interesting, right? But getting to play that thing with Metroid, I think, was was a really neat experience, and I loved doing the the video review we did it uh, for, because usually it's just taking someone else's words, right, and and doing gameplay. But this, I was on camera; it was my own words. Like it was it was a fun experience. So. You know, yeah.
5: you know why you like that Miles Morales one so much? I remember this. That was actually my first day on the job
0: oh that's right i was we like announced that was my that first one. week
5: yeah we announced that and you're like oh blake and alex are here yeah no that's and, your favorite one also in alex life?
1: that wasn't a year ago that's two years ago What yeah, was uh, that was 2020 Miles morales <laughs>
3: time flies that's what happens
1: no wonder i found Soon
3: you'll be here a beard. decade
4: yeah, yeah. also i know. want to give
1: a shout out to Elden ring that might take death loop for me i don't know like Uh, I was a part of the cover. I mean, I I was, but I wasn't like I was kind of given stuff after the fact (laughs) and played assist. Yeah. But at the the post launch stuff was really fun to do, like uh, the guides and the other content that we did. Yeah. It's my first like editorialized video that is like close to breaking a million. That wasn't just me posting gameplay. It was like, oh, I wrote this entire thing, Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to help people out. And it's at 870,000 views. That's like the it, it feels different when it's something that you kind of scripted and that kind of thing versus just like, oh, this was kind of handed to me to distribute, mm-hmm. you know, so that was cool. It Whatever. was fun covering
5: Bully 2 for us <laughs> and yeah. why it was canceled, to be yeah. clear, and why it was canceled. Don't want anyone emailing me anymore about that game. <laughs> That's
4: a cool exactly. feature.
0: Thank yeah, you. It was really good. Um, all right. Last one here. Um, this is from Judonk Donk over on Discord, and they say if you could give any JRPG the FF7 remake treatment, what would you choose? Kim, once again, start with you.
3: Yeah, I think what first comes to mind is actually Final Fantasy VI. Oh, because not like so many people have not played that game and need a way, and not that the game has aged poorly, it's just hard to get your hands on um, a great version of it. Mm -hmm. But for a more interesting answer, one that like isn't just another Final Fantasy game, um, another game trilogy I don't think enough people played and I really loved was Xenosaga. And that you definitely cannot play easily at all. Mm -hmm. And um, it was supposed to be a six part uh, series and it got cut down to three games but like that third game wraps everything up in a way that is so much better than i could have ever expected and hoped for and like but the first two game, like the first game to go back to it is very hard um it has not aged well not <clears throat> horribly but and then two is just like a mess and i'd love to see them kind of fix some of the mistakes they made there and like i said three was just Phenomenal for trying to like fit everything they had planned with that series into three games after they condensed it. So yeah, that would be my pick.
0: Nice. Okay. Va, how about you? Pokemon Gold. See, I had a Pokemon answer, but that's a Pokemon Gold's a good one. Yeah, we are the Pokemans. Um, Legacy of
1: Goku. (laughs) Legacy
0: (laughs) of Goku. Hell yeah! I don't know. (laughs) Naming the view
1: JRPGs I played.
0: (laughs) I do love Legacy of Goku um i guess to jump like we can i'll ask you a second to jump off that i was thinking because heart gold and soul silver were ds right so but those are old but like i was thinking okay what if we got a ruby and sapphire but like like a 2d hd like pixel remaster kind of like octopath or um uh uh, project strike project uh triangle strategy there it is bad name Mm. um Having it like feel a little bit more alive, more shimmery, like I think that could be be really cool. I did see there was a Twitter video someone posted where, like they took Pokemon like the o g red and blue, and like styled it in the manga
4: version I of see it, that. yeah that and cool. it was
0: just super I would love for a game like that. I know that's like more of a fever dream than, um, or a pipe dream more than, than the pixel remaster. But like, I thought that'd be kind of cool. But anyways, Blake, take us home.
5: Uh, I've only played like two JRPGs in my life. So I'll just do a JG, a Japanese game. (laughs) Uh, The first Siren. Keichiro Toyama's, the game he made after he left Team Silent, after making Silent Hill 1, made, uh, Siren looks absurdly terrifying, uh, but also looks like it plays as bad as most of those games do. I tried to go back and standards. play it
3: recently, and it, yeah. yeah, it's rough.
5: Yeah, so if like that got, I don't know, some fifty million dollar remake budget, that'd be cool as hell. I'd be into that. Um, that's it.
0: Cool word. Alrighty, that. If that wasn't a great uh, last episode for Kim, I don't know what is. it is. We gave you all the time in the world we could give you. Uh, Kim, I am going to miss you incredibly. I think uh, the thing I value more than your writing ability and how you've helped me grow as a writer is uh, your kindness and compassion you've shown to me. So I appreciate you. You are obviously, we're not leaving each other's lives, right? But like, you know, it's going to be different. And uh, I appreciate the hell out of you, friend. Awesome.
3: Thank you
1: yeah likewise kim you have been uh one of the bright spots in my shorter time at game informer uh and uh yeah you're just awesome
5: yeah even as even as an intern you went out of your way to to help me i remember sitting in the down the third floor conference room with you going over interview questions one time that was always helpful and that obviously did not change when i came here you have been a uh, A a, a, an idol and a constant source of inspiration and good edits, even when they were hard. (laughs) So nothing but appreciation and love for you, Kim.
3: Thank you. Um, Well, I just want to say the readers and everybody through the years, thank you for following me and reading my work. Um, You know, I went to journalism school and wanted to just be a writer And I always said I wanted to be a features editor at a magazine, and I achieved that. And it meant so much to me, and I felt such a privilege to be able to do this every day. But even what mattered more was like hearing people's appreciation for the stories that I was able to tell. And like that is gonna stay with me long after this, and all the people and the memories that were created with it. But you know, I don't think people realize how much it keeps you going. When you hear feedback and when, you know, people would always say, I found this JRPG because of you. And that just would always warm my damn heart because I was just like, if I could just, you know, if I brought that genre to you in any way or if I let you know about some indie game you had no idea about. I think it was one of the first people who found Gone Home and I did like a huge feature on that and I had no idea that that game was going to explode the way it did but like little things like that that sticks with me like i said the kingdom hearts fans always like being so polite to me um you know and and appreciating like all this like so many memories so thank you guys all like it's been a hell of a decade and um i feel like i'm going out with with a lot and thank you all for that
0: yeah thank you again kim uh yeah you're incredible uh ladies and gentlemen This has been what? Is it 610? There's a lot. We did a lot of episodes recently, but I think this is Um, 610. Thank you so much for listening, for watching. Uh, We'll be back next week uh, with maybe a little little dive into Nintendo. They've been quiet so far, but uh, be sure to look out for that. Uh, Thanks for watching, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone.
5: Bye. Play Gravity Rush. In Neon White.